This is for the men who never settle. The ones who believe only quitters and a game and a tie. The type of guys who choose the bar with the biggest TVs to overcompensate for theirs at home. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. Chiefs fans, this is the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show. Presented by CBD American Shaman. Life is better with the feather. What the Kansas City Chiefs did today, frankly, I think is something we can all sympathize with at least a little bit. That truly was a football game to wrap up your Thanksgiving weekend. That felt a little bit like maybe the older cousins against the younger cousins after the feast. Maybe the older cousins have a little bit of tryptophan coursing through their veins. Maybe the Chiefs had too many mashed potatoes over the last few days. It was a little sluggish at times. It wasn't all totally easy-flowing Harlem Globetrotter stuff, although much of the first half you may have forgotten in the last half hour of action did bring you plenty of the highlights you'd grow to expect from your usual Kansas City Chiefs performance. But ultimately, a CC-plus game from the Chiefs That's all they needed to beat a Rams team that was down to quarterback three and an overall roster that's been aging and injuring as fast as any team in the sport. So a 26-10 victory, good enough for those of you who believed in the Chiefs enough to take the points, or I guess to give the points, and certainly good enough for them to continue marching along to their largely all in front of them with very little chance for being uh, tossed around their chances for the AFC West, although the Chargers won at the end today as the Raiders enter overtime against the Seahawks. The truth for the Chiefs is that none of that really matters because they control their own destiny as much as any, you know, destiny can be controlled. And here today, I think this is going to be one of the games that within the next year or so, we're all going to kind of universally come back to and go, oh yeah, the Chiefs did play the Rams in 2022. I forgot about that. That is how I think history will likely take this game. This is not going to be the Chiefs-Rams game of a few years back that we all have talked about to uh, a tune of great excitement because that game was fun, electric, everything you could possibly ask for in a shootout. This was Patrick Mahomes versus Bryce Parkins. And frankly, a roster around him, as I already mentioned, has been getting older and more injured just like the rest of us. We'll have plenty of pros and cons to discuss here from the Chiefs' victory, but once again, 26-10 to 10 was good enough for the victory, and a victory is good enough for the Chiefs as we currently stand. I'm Joshua Briscoe, back again with you this week on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show with Beards McFly on the other side of the glass. Appreciate Jack Johnson stepping in last weekend as I was uh, seeing my family in Florida, enjoying a little primetime action that had, of course, some more juice late into that game than this one did, but Both of these matchups against the L.A. teams had their dose of Travis Kelsey doing something incredible, their dose of Patrick Mahomes spreading things around and creating some meaningful moments. We had a couple other highlights in this one as well. The debut of Ronald Jones, the 
incredibly low low of Sky Moore muffing yet another punt and giving it right back to the punting team and then the highs of what Sky Moore was able to do as a wide receiver. Again, lots to break down over the course of the show here. It's all brought to you by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. And you can watch the show at a whole bunch of places across the interwebs. The Sports Radio 810 WHB, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And uh, if you want to call in and sound off, we'll take our, uh, our calls that way as well. Here's the, the, main, the main couple of things that I'll expand on before we take your calls, and then we'll bring you all the pressers we can get live from Arrowhead. I'd bet we hear from uh, Isaiah Pacheco. We might get a whole rookie sweep. I, I could see them bringing uh, George Karloftis or Isaiah Pacheco or Sky Moore, any combination of those guys to the podium, along with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. We'll hear from Sean McVay later on as well. Uh, frankly, I just hope that his draw's okay. That's really... We, we all enjoy NFL football, but if Sean McVay has a bruise on his face, I mean, that's going to be our whole week. So we, we got to make sure that, uh, that he's okay that, in that regard. I wish anybody in my life cared about me as much as the broadcast crew cared about Sean McVay's face today. And I get it. A friend of mine already tweeted. Shout out to Darren. He said, if you had Sean McVay's face, I'd care about you more too. Fair enough, I suppose. But ultimately, it's going to be a weird one to kind of assess through multiple levels here. Because you did get a downright, and I mean this as a compliment, a downright boring performance from the Chiefs defense with a couple of exceptional moments where Chris Jones is a prime candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. I would just say Defensive Player of the Year. Let's stop having this conversation. Probably just if Micah Parsons didn't exist. He's unbelievable, so you gotta, you know, spread out your attention as we get to the crunch time of, of the, the season and award season voting and all of that. But God, Chris Jones is unbelievable. You get the nice moment early on from George Karloftis getting what I believe was his first full sack in this rookie season of his. Brian Cook starts for the injured Juan Thornhill. Joe Tooney was inactive for this game, uh, and, and you saw Nick Allegretti step in and play perfectly fine football with Aaron Donald there smack dab in the middle of that Rams defensive line. The line held up okay over the course of the game. It wasn't their most pristine performance, but largely it felt like Mahomes was able to do some of the stuff he wanted to do back there. And you just have these frustrating execution errors, especially if you go back all the way to the first half. And, and this, for me, is the micro and macro question from this game. When you have a, a couple of early drops by Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who had some great catches later in the game, that's just part of it, you have a couple of drops from him, though, in the first half. You have Trey Smith being illegally downfield on an easy touchdown to Noah Gray. With just those being the plays you'd like to have back, the entire feel of the game, I think, changes. Because if the Chiefs are up 21-3 to early in that game, and frankly, like this is, again, not to pick on a guy who's having a great season, but on the drive where the Rams eventually went and got that field goal in the first half, Colin Saunders was being disruptive and affecting the play and affecting Perkins. And he just escaped. This, again, not about Colin Saunders. But if Saunders is able to make that play, because he is a freak athlete who occasionally can do that, if he makes that play, that whole drive starts nine yards farther back, and the Rams probably get shut out in the first half. And we're talking about it being a three-touchdown game by the 30-minute the mark. Same for, again, the Trey Smith penalty on the Noah Gray touchdown, a couple of drops. That's both 
the good thing and the bad thing. Because the positive is that, hey, you are like th two or three little execution errors away from this game being totally put away at halftime. The, the bad news is this was against the JV LA Rams. And it didn't get better in the second. I didn't feel like things were falling into place. The red zone issues. I, this is going to kill the Chiefs red zone uh, efficiency numbers. So it's probably going to inform some narratives for the rest of the year. I don't know that that's going to be completely justified. Because seeing the Chiefs have their, yes, trick plays that don't quite work. But had one that did work. But then Trey Smith was four yards downfield instead of being the maximum of three yards downfield. You can see all the different ways that these can really get away from you in terms of the, the narratives building or the vibe of a game. But against this version of the Rams, the, the, the exact game they played was enough to win by more than the spread, when the spread was enormous. But if this is the Matt Stafford Cooper Cup Rams, even if it's not the version of them with Von Miller, obviously, no longer there. If this is the... Bengals or Ravens or, frankly, the Chargers, who we just saw put up a better effort against a better effort from the Chiefs last week. A game like that with a couple of, oh, just knife's edge sorts of plays, those can be enough to end your season. You get a couple of those, like, funky change of possession sequences. You maybe don't get the turnover luck of a third-string quarterback. You get turned away in the red zone over and over and over again. You settle for field goal after field goal after field goal. Against better opponents, those things are going to matter more, but the Chiefs didn't have a better opponent today. So that is the only, the only internal conflict that I have about this game is that right there. Do the Chiefs play down to their opponents? Not in the beards as beards nods like a bobblehead. Speaking of getting older and more injured, I can't, I don't feel like I can nod like a bobblehead because I've just had like, you know, muscle soreness in my neck all day. So I came back from vacation a hundred years older, I guess. I don't know. I drank from the wrong chalice. But do the Chiefs play down to their opponents from some sort of like, hey, you know, we'll run the, the goofy trick play, but maybe we will um, just sort of toe tap around the red zone outside of those or or was this just a good time to have some bad luck if you're the Chiefs and that's what I really don't know the answer to I, I really don't know if this is an issue that's going to reflect much more largely on the team in general or if this is basically just sort of a weird game where they could have lost to a team that was playing better football but they got lucky with the Rams being as injured as they are and we can just move on and start looking down the line of the rest of the, the schedule. I think the best thing we can do is evaluate some individual performances here. Which is why Isaiah Pacheco and Sky Moore and, and yes, I'm never going to get tired of talking about Travis Kelsey. Even though it was relatively quiet overall for him. Um, just the four receptions, but the touchdown, I mean, was just such vintage, perfect, unstoppable Travis Kelsey. Juju Smith-Schuster comes back, clearly on some sort of limited snap count, gets involved a little bit. Mahomes finds like 100 different receivers, including Ronald Jones. 
I think I think this game, and we'll, I'll, I'll start taking the calls here right now, but I'll, I'll give you the, the hint for kind of what I'm looking for. I could see this game being a bit of a Rorschach test for how you view the Chiefs. Because if you're largely unworried by some of their shortcomings, if you feel pretty confident what this team is, I don't think you're going to see things from this game that really scare you in a big picture way. But if you're always looking for the thing that could end up biting them in January, you saw a couple of those things today. A couple self-inflicted mistakes, a couple red zone collisions with a brick wall. That's a way that suddenly you're losing to the Bengals in January. I get it. But I do think this game is largely going to be what you think you want to see. Uh, by the way, before we start taking calls and everything, do you want to have? Do you want to hear something funny? I would love to. Um, in overtime against the Seattle Seahawks, oh no, the L.A. Raiders attempted a fifty. They're in Vegas now, but that's go ahead. Did yeah. I say you said L.A.? It's okay. Sorry, they got two teams now. There's too many teams moving around. A lot of teams. They attempted a fifty-five yard field goal and missed on the first possession of overtime. I can't remember if I said this on the radio or if I had just tweeted it at some point. But I really do think Eric Bieniemy might already be at least the third best head coach in the AFC West. Brandon Staley got the two-point conversion to win it today, so I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling frisky on the Brandon Staley train. But at the very least, <laughs> there are two there are two head coaches in the AFC West who I don't think are going to be around this time next year. Well, the Raiders just won. Oh, really? Yeah. That's too bad. Uh, the uh, Seahawks punted. Uh, Jacoby Jones scored a touchdown. That doesn't mean that was a good decision. No. I don't know how far. I, I don't know the down or distance or anything. But So the Raiders and Chargers both keep hope alive today. Interesting. I mean, not, not hope in the traditional sense, but both win. Also, this was a, uh, a bad day for the zone uh, prediction bets, huh, Beards? Just looking at that right now. We can't let Jason make our picks anymore. He's he's been on a little bit of a cold streak. I don't think I helped a lot last time, but you know, we're struggling right now. I'm sure, we'll cover that tomorrow between the hours of ten and two. Meanwhile, also just to uh, go ahead and finish the uh, AFC West uh, whip around here. The Broncos lost to the Sam Darnold Panthers by thirteen points. Russell Wilson threw for one hundred forty-two yards. Just a little free perspective before we dive into. Uh, the Chiefs Rams. Uh, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Isaiah Pacheco, and Nick Bolton. Is that right, Beards? Uh, for the uh, quartet of Chiefs talking today. Reid, Mahomes, Bolton, and Pacheco. Cool. So look forward to hearing from all four of them. We we'll really look forward to hearing from you right now here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. Again, brought to you by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. First up out of the gate, of course, Gary got in first. Gary's got the trigger finger to get in line first. Gary, how you feeling? Pretty good. How you doing, Josh? Glad to have you back. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. I certainly did. I hope you did as well. Yes, I did. And I want to start with the bad before I get to the good. Fair. The bad part, and it's it's glaring. Those three guys in the middle of that offensive line, do they they just can't move anybody in the running game. Everything Pacheco gets, it's all him. Hmm. I mean, he is just nothing but grit, toughness. <laughs> I mean, he. Everything he gets is him. It's not because those guys are getting people out of the way, blowing up holes for him. And if you ever notice, he can't run between the center and the guards. Everything he does is off the guard between the guard and the tackle or it's outside. 
very rarely will you see him anything up the middle where he gets anything substantial. If he does, like I said, everything this guy gets, it's all him. So this guy's got a bright future, but we just got to hope he doesn't get hurt because the guy just, he's he's gritty, and I love that. But my biggest concern offensively is just those guys, particularly two of the three guys in the middle, they just, Tooney's making too much money not to not to get any kind of recognition anywhere. And Trey Smith, I know he was a sixth-round pick, but his reputation in college was this guy's a mauler. He can move people, and you don't see enough of that of him. Creed Humphrey, he is what he is. He's just great. But, you know, you need more out of those two, those two guards than you're getting now. And I want to get to the good. Legereus Sneed. Yeah. That guy was everywhere today. And – when he left the game, my heart sank because he's the only guy in that secondary that I really look forward to every week, knowing he's out there and that he can do something. But like I said, the defense, they were, I'm not going to say they were great today. They were okay. Mm-hmm. But you, I'm hoping today was just a, a look ahead to what's coming up next week because offensively, and I know nobody's going to want to hear me say this. It looked like an Alex Smith game. They were great <laughs> between the twenties, but once they got in the red zone, yeah, their uh, their butt cheeks clenched. And I don't know what happened inside the twenty day, but if you look at the Rams, they are healthy defensively, and they're not a bad unit defensively. And so, like Gary Pinkle would always say, they're on scholarship too. Offensively, inside the 20th did it looked like an Alex Smith type of offense today. I'll hang up and listen. Great show, Josh. Appreciate it, Gary. Um, yeah, the, the the noting of the Rams' defense is, is a good thing to do, I think, because you're right. As much as we all, myself incredibly included, have, I mean, I just called them the JV Rams. Because of the quarterback, because of the weapons, because of the offensive line, it's the JV Rams' offense. But the defense, even though it's certainly taken a step back from last year, still a good unit over there, still on, on scholarship, uh, certainly. Uh, Legereus Sneed, I'm glad that you mentioned him because he deserves all of that credit. The dude's everywhere doing everything all of the time. Uh, it, it is a tremendous thing to watch him be a weapon in this defense. I have to think that Steve Spagnuolo just absolutely adores that because he he is multiple in a way that it is really hard for a cornerback to be. Uh, I, I guess Kendall Fuller might be the example that I would go back to of like how they were using him uniquely in the Super Bowl run. But even that, was was not quite in the weaponized way of uh, of Legarius Sneed. Oh, Allen Robinson apparently out for the year, um, presumably per Sean McVay and the Rams. I don't even remember what when he left during the he game today. He will need. He didn't play today. Um, he. Will oh, I'm need, sorry. You're right. He will need foot surgery, and he is out for the rest of the year. We'll hear those comments later. Okay, so they were there. He's really that's a, okay. You're right because yeah, he, obviously he was a he was a, a scratch entering this game, and. That's a weird time for McVeigh to like have the news on that. Very weird and sort of disorienting. Um, on that note, again, mentioning Joe Tooney did not play in this game. I do think looking at the interior offensive line is an interesting uh, question to ask because you have Nick Allegretti there stepping in at left guard. I think he is a totally capable swing guard slash uh, swing interior lineman because he can, he can step in at, at center as well. But you certainly see the downgrade from, from Tooney to Allegretti. Um, that's, I think, just reasonably fair. Allegretti is a, a great weapon to have as a versatile backup who can also be your, your sixth offensive lineman. But seeing what the interior is able to do in the running game the rest of the season, something worth, worth keeping an eye on, specifically as Isaiah Pacheco becomes more and more of the guy. Because 
I I really do feel like there's something to uh, it, it. Like every every run where Isaiah Pacheco tries to bring it between the tackles, I feel like he emerges like he's coming out of like the pod in the Matrix or something. There's just like goo hanging off of him. He's just taking defenders with him. It's like he's escaping from Hades and just dragging people with him. I love watching Isaiah Pacheco play football. I, I really do. He he plays like he's got the, the turbo button stuck down to the controller and it never runs out, including after plays when he gets shoved out of bounds and then sprints back to Patrick Mahomes just to be ready to go back into the huddle. You got to have a great time watching number 10 carry the ball for the Chiefs. Been true for a few years now, but continues to be true this year with Pacheco. We'll hear from him later on as well. Uh, next up here, we'll go to Travis. Travis, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up, Travis? JB, it's good to have you back. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, so my – I don't know how I feel. Like, the Giants game last year, like, we won, but I didn't feel great about it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt that way about the Tennessee game, and I really feel that way about this game. They didn't play bad, but the red zone offense really has me concerned. I don't know if it was the play calling. I don't know why we're running fake reverse flea flickers, off, you know, from the – from the ten yard line, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, you know, like they're, I just don't understand the thought process. I almost wonder if they're trying to put stuff on tape so that way Cincinnati has just even more stuff to go through. Yeah, um, I don't know why else you would call some of the plays that they called. And Mahomes seemed impatient tonight. Like there's one play that he, the play, it looked like it kind of broke down or was starting to break down, and he dirted it like three seconds into the play. Um, the no look thing, he could have. And I'm not crapping on Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. But the you know the last the, the interception he could have walked into the end zone untouched. Um, so the play calling I was I'm a little I don't know. And then the special teams man. At what point? Yeah. Do people's jobs have to be on the line? And I hate doing that. I'm not. I know these are people with with families and, and things like that. But you cannot allow your special teams coach to continue to put unreliable players on the field. Yep. I mean, I know that they pulled him after the, the punt, but it's not Sky Moore's fault. If everybody wants to be pissed at Sky Moore, the dude is a great receiver and not a good punt returner. It's not his fault they keep going, sending him out there and asking him to do something he's not good at. Yeah. That's on the coaching staff. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Like, you know, is it time for maybe a change-up in the special teams? Maybe time for someone else to take the reins and let Dave Cope kind of ride off into the sunset you know, and, and dream about 2010 because <laughs> it's it's not the game's different. It's it's just different. So yeah, that's all I got. Briscoe, have a good one. I'm sure I'll talk to you tomorrow on the zone. I look forward to it, Travis. Appreciate you as always. Um, I'll start with the special teams because I I think that that's a question a lot of people are asking right now. I'm going to tell you what the Chiefs are going to say, and then I'm going to tell you what I think. What the Chiefs are going to say, and I think what they're saying internally right now, is that coming into this year, there was going to be a lot of turnover on special teams. Even guys like Dion Bush, who's a veteran, who's played special teams before, he's new to the Chiefs. To say nothing of, I'm going off the top of my head here, but the, the Leo Chanel, Josh Williams, Trent McDuffie was the gunner on the fake punt conversion today. Um, certainly, obviously, Sky Moore, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, although his role in offense is going to take away from his role as a kick returner. But that's what the Chiefs, I think, are going to be thinking here, which is we expected some growing pains, and, and this is also not to dump on Trent McDuffie at all, but if, I'm just going to, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to say the name I'm thinking. If that's Dan Sorensen there, he might see the, the clue that the fake was coming. 
because that man played 100 million years of special team snaps. That is not to say he should still be playing for this football team. (laughs) But that is the cost of the youth roster turnover that the Chiefs went through this offseason. That's a little bit of what I think, and I I think certainly the the bulk of what the Chiefs think. Um, I also think Sky Moore is done as a punt returner. I think today, fool me four times, shame on me. What's the thing? Haven't we had this conversation before? I don't think that I have had this conversation before of I think that was it. Maybe not. Maybe the Chiefs are going to keep trying to give him a shot. But Sky Moore is a legitimate weapon on offense and a legitimate liability as a punt returner right now. The Chiefs found creative ways to put the ball in his hands on offense today. I don't need him throwing the ball necessarily. But he was running a lot more of those sort of little satellite motions or orbits or whatever you want to call them. You know you know when you see him, the Tyreek Hill and then McCole Hardman and then Kadarius Toney and now Sky Moore motions around the quarterback. They need to keep finding more ways to get him involved. Dot, dot, dot. On offense. I think the experiment as a punt returner might actually be over now. I certainly would let it be. And make that dude a enormous part of what you want to do offensively. Um, I think that the youth argument is going to keep Dave Tobe's job totally safe in that front office and, and to Andy Reid. I hope that that conversation about Sky Moore has had. And then beyond that, again, like the fake punt conversion, I legit, in real time, thought that's a rookie who has not played a lot of special teams. I don't know what he did in, in Washington. I cannot imagine he played a lot of special teams at least later in his career in Washington. I'd be pretty surprised by that. Maybe he did. He might have. Um, but at the NFL level, dude missed a bunch of time and is now also playing special teams in that mix because you need to have defensive backs on the field there at times. They got McDuffie there. Fine. But I do absolutely understand big picture frustration with mental mistakes and discipline issues and all of that on special teams. I do think that has to reflect on the, the, the coordinator. I don't know how it doesn't, but the big one that I'm worried about is that you cannot give up possessions and you can't keep putting a guy back there who has not shown an ability to do that thing. I, it just seems backwards. Uh, next up here, we go to, uh, we go to Butch, Butch, you're on sports radio. What's up, Butch? Gentlemen. How about those Chiefs? How about a much? Look, I'm not sure if I, I do these predictions every game. I'm not sure if I've had a game this year fall exactly on script the way I thought it would in the form of a win for the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Wasn't this predictable? I mean, the Chiefs known for bringing the C-plus call sheet and a C-plus attitude to a game like this and just trying to sneak through without showing a whole lot on tape and getting the W. But, again, we can't complain. I'm not mad at Sky Moore. Like you said, you mad at Sky Moore? I ain't mad at Sky Moore. Who keeps putting him out there? Yeah. You can't be mad at him. <laughs> We're giving him opportunities to screw it up. But you know what? In the long run, like, look, games like this is what I'll say, and I'll get out of here. Games like this, it sounds ridiculous, but these are the types of games where guys like Tobe and Andy and I guess even to some extent Spagnolo are going to say to themselves, Let's go ahead and test the limits just a little bit of the type of stuff we think we can get away with. Trick plays on the six-yard line? Yeah. Sure. We, we know. He's like, they're not going to move the ball on this. Sure. Let's try it. Then Sky Moore, one more punt return just to see if, you know, maybe, maybe. Okay. It didn't work out. Whatever. Because you, they had an idea of how this thing was going to go. They knew that the talent would be good enough 
to be able to pierce the defense one or two times once they saw that their defense was able to get those stops and that really the Rams are going to go into a shell, that pretty much made it, that, that solidified for them what they needed to see. You don't have a whole lot of time, though, to sit back and, and think about what went, you know, think about, oh, okay, these are the types. No, you need to get the red zone back on track because next week against Cincy, they're yes. facing another really good red zone defense. So get yes. it figured out, guys. Save the flavor. Appreciate it, Butch. Looking forward to talking about the red zone more here momentarily. But now we go live to Arrowhead for Nick Bolton. Yeah, I feel like uh, we tackled pretty good today. Um, I kind of feel like uh, down the stretch, uh, we were able to tackle well, uh, forcing them to throw check downs, uh, especially when they needed points at the end. Uh, we played everything deep to short. OJ ended up getting a pick uh, on a dipper route. Uh, he's played top down on that one. And um, also, me as well, I uh, ended up getting a hand on the ball. I was playing deep to short and caught that one. Um, I kind of feel like that kind of helped us down the stretch. We stopped the run. Uh, we got one special run, I believe, uh, 38 yards. Um, we could have just could have stopped out. We just got to tackle a little bit better on that play. But other than that, I feel like our front played pretty good and our secondary covered very well. Oh yeah, we're going every single day. Um, we're just still not where we want to be. Uh, we're still going every single day, trying to be the best versions of ourselves. And um, that just starts then. Some come back in on Tuesday and go back to work. Um, we, we're progressing every single week. A lot of young guys are still stepping up, making plays for us. Uh, Willie, uh, Willie coming back helps a lot. Uh, Frank uh, is generating a lot of pressure. Carlos as well, and Chris is doing his thing. Uh, one of the best he tackles in football. Nick, how much of a point of focus was it to make sure the quarterback didn't get you on the ground? Yeah, uh, he, he killed us kind of early on, on the ground uh, in that aspect of the game. Uh, he's a good football player, able to spin plays, especially out to his right uh, with his eyes downfield and made a couple good plays uh, for them down the stretch. And um, uh, we're able to execute, still uh, find a way to get stops and sudden changes and um, uh, get him out the field on third downs. Nick, obviously congratulations on tonight, but I got to ask you about the Tigers yesterday. Yeah. Did you get to watch? Were you watching? How Absolutely. excited are you for them? I'm very excited, man. Uh, I got two coaches on both sides that I respect a lot, uh, Coach Drink and Coach Odom. So uh, I got guys on both sides of that, of that rivalry as well. So it was good seeing those guys go out there and compete and always in my Z, baby. Last one, Nick, what stands out to you the most as you get ready to play Cincinnati? What stands out to you the most about last year and the second half there? And mm-hmm. How much did it uh, affect how you went into the offseason? Uh, yeah, uh, Cincinnati, they got us twice last year. Uh, we didn't tackle very well, and we didn't uh, tackle the quarterback. We had a lot of uh, missed opportunities uh, last year to kind of end the game uh, with sacks and getting behind the sticks. No, we didn't, we didn't do that. Uh, so that kind of sticks out on me, and also had two drop interceptions, I believe, that game. Uh, so that's kind of one of the things kind of stung uh, in the offseason. I, I looked back at the game and watched it. Did he sort of send you in the offseason with a little, I don't know if it's a little edge or motivation, but did that game – Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't think I played very good personally. Uh, so I, I feel like uh, this year I had to come in and be better uh, for, for our defense to be where it needs to be. And um, I spent a lot of time on that one in the offseason. All right. Yep. Thank you. There's Nick Bolton live from Arrowhead here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. Joshua Briscoe and Beards McFly with you. The show, as always, brought to you by TVH. TVH is now hiring and looking for dog lovers, football fans, hikers, bikers, barbecue lovers, and anyone who happens to be interested in a great place to work. Learn more at TVHjobs.com. That's TVHjobs.com. Beards, as soon as we get the all clear for launch, we need to take a quick time out here on our side. Then we'll come back. Everybody who's on hold right now will get to you shortly, as well as uh, to begin hearing from uh, Isaiah Pacheco shortly. And then I also saw we got uh, Juju Smith-Schuster from the locker room via our own Todd Lebo. So uh, a lot more to continue to break down, both from the locker room, from Arrowhead, from you, and from the Chiefs' 26-10 victory over the Los Angeles Rams. More next on Sports Radio 810 WHB.
Second and 16 at the Ram 39. Mahomes in the gun. Pacheco to his left. Play action fake. Mahomes has all day. Lines up. Let's it go over the middle. Has Kelsey at the 20. Cutting to the right at the 15. Kelsey to the 10. Kelsey to the 5. Kelsey to the end zone. Touchdown, Chiefs. 39 yards. Mahomes to Kelsey. An absolutely artful play and our sweet play of the game brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Stop by any KC location for Travis Kelsey's 87 and running concrete and help raise money for this worthy cause. 87 and running and Andy's Frozen Custard, the perfect option play for KC fans everywhere. I'm Joshua Briscoe here with Beers McFly, Sports Radio 10 WHB postgame show. Chiefs 26, Rams 10. We will hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Isaiah Pacheco over the course of the remainder of the show. Uh, perhaps Juju Smith-Schuster as well. Already heard from Nick Bolton. We'll keep taking calls in the meantime. As long as we're right now, good, Beard's good to hit the phone. So, okay, cool. I don't want to get anybody cut off. we got a lot of moving parts as the uh, the pressures continue on at Arrowhead. But next up, we got Dan. Dan, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up, Dan? How you doing? Hey Joshua, how you doing? Uh, I had a nice Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? Pretty good. Good. <laughs> so good I, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's good. It was a good team win. You know, even though it didn't go out as the way it was planned, but the Chiefs did what the Rams the, uh, gave them. And uh, I think uh, it's over uh, for this guy more as a pun returner. I think because he didn't uh, he didn't uh, do it in college. So I don't know, but uh, mm-hmm. if they want to give him one more shot, that's up to Dave Toe. But I think he, they should just let the Jalen Watson. I mean, whoever back there. You know, the the covered the punts, that'd be fine. So uh, let's go ahead and take care of the Bengals. Take care of yourself, Joshua. Dan, I appreciate it, sir. Yeah, Justin Watson back there, totally fine, totally reliable. His hands work. Let him feel the punts, get what you can back, and then get the ball to Patrick Mahomes. That's that's fine by me. And if the Chiefs want to try to get more of a weapon back there in the future, they can, they can work on it. But Sky Moore's got a perfectly sized role in the offense waiting for him. I'd be just happy for them to continue that. Next up, we got Kyle. Kyle, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHP. What's up, Kyle? Hey, can you hear me okay? Yep, I got you. What's up, man? Okay, Josh. Hey, I'm glad you're back to home, safe and sound, Josh, and I'm glad you had a good time in Florida, and I hope you and your family had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We did. Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate that. You're welcome. By the way, how about those cheese? <laughs> how about them? Um, hey, I got two quick pointers I want to make and maybe a third. Hey, look, I'll take a win as a win. I'll take it as any way as I can get them. Uh, but the first point I want to make is is the offensive line. I think the offensive line is built to protect Patrick Mahomes and not really much of the run game. I don't. I, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I thought Pacheco. I mean, even with our the offensive line not blocking, well, I thought the offensive line did a really good job uh, there. Yeah. Uh, my second point I want to make is. My second point is, is Nick Bolton. Good night again. He comes up big in clutch situations, and that's just just the second point I want to make. And that interception two weeks in a row, uh, I would make an argument for defensive player of the year uh, with him the way the year he's having. And my third point is, again, with Travis Kelsey, I know Mahomes with the interception, but with Travis Kelsey and Mahomes, Give one of those two the MVP already. Hmm. This, the MVP's in the books, and let's just go on. and Give us the division crown now, 
and give us the MVP now, and let's go in the postseason. And I'll listen off the air, but thank you for taking my call, Josh. Kyle, I appreciate it very much, my friend. In fact, I appreciate it so much. We're going to hear from one of those guys right now. Isaiah Pacheco is live at Arrowhead. Down from California, drove 20 hours to get here. So, you know, it couldn't be a great atmosphere to be in, and blessed. Marlene. Brazil. She married, so she was Pacheco. She got married, so my uncle's here as well, too. <laughs> Right, yeah, thank you. How do you feel like you're progressing uh, in the Chiefs offense today? I think today is the most carries you've had, 22 carries. How do you feel like you're progressing with the offense with the number of reps You know, just day by day going through the motions. Um, you know, never a day that I go by where you know, I'm satisfied. Uh, just keep working, keep uh, coming in the building with the same mindset, same attitude. Um, when I get out there, uh, it's time to roll. And when we're rolling, we're going fast. And y'all can see today we get a good momentum going. Get uh, rolling early. This is the third straight game with at least 15 carries. What does it mean to you that the team and Andy has kind of leaned into you as that team back here? Um, doesn't really matter the carries, how many reps, how many play. I do whatever to help the team win. For me, uh, just keep working hard uh, at practice. So when it comes out in games, we can execute on a fast pace. You know, uh, it's a physical game. We know that. You got pretty good pop down there in the red zone. Jump right up, let them know it didn't hurt, right? Is that an important part to make sure they know you, they didn't get the best of you? Yeah, definitely. Always a, 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 a almost a, not afraid, to, but, you know, that bounce right there is to let them go. Uh, you know, I'm not tired. Uh, I'm ready to keep rolling. For me, the leaders, they're, they're being leaders. And for me, as a leader, as I was a leader growing up, four-year captain out of high school. I was a freshman as a captain all four years in high school. So for me, the leadership mentality has always grown with me. For me, just keep continue to be myself and build off of the, the mentality that the older guys have in the room and keep pushing the O-line. I'm a dog. I'm going to keep working. And I'm thankful to be here. Excuse me? Um, you know, the, just getting up and they see once you, you got that, that juice, that momentum bouncing off the ground, you know, you're excited and you're coming right back to the huddle and giving them pounds. Um, let's keep rolling, man. Four yards, that's all we need to win it down. Um, Monday is that practice. Once we start that tape, once we start that film, um, it's time to get ready for the next opponent. And for me, it's just focus in, lock in. And this is Ronald's first action. What did you see from him? Um, definitely great leader out there. You know, in practice, we go and push each other, compete. So when it's when it's time for on the field in the game, we're able to uh, execute. Isaiah, I talked to uh, Justin Reed in the locker room after the game. He said you were one of his favorite players on the offense. What's it mean that the, the leaders of the team still look to you? You know, as a, a young guy growing up, looking at these players, watching them, uh, never been attended a football game, NFL game. So for me to play in one, to show who I really am, uh, just continue to be myself, don't change. Uh, let the, uh, the game speak for itself. Thank you. Thank you. It's Isaiah Pacheco there, uh, live here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Just a really cool story for about 100 reasons. Uh, he mentioned it right there, but uh, this was, I can't remember, shortly after he was drafted or uh, somewhere in training camp, he mentioned for the first time that he had never attended an NFL game, and now he is bringing the energy in them. I mean, it's just a... 
a really stupendous story, both for the Chiefs on the field and for, for him. Uh, you heard right there at the very beginning of the presser, he said his mom drove 20 hours from California to watch him play today. Uh, just wire to wire, an incredibly fun story uh, for every element involved there around Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, we will hear from Reed and Mahomes later on here as well, but now we can return to the uh, to the phones. Got my eye on you, quote-unquote Gary Top. You're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up? Hey, Josh. Um, I wanted to first just point out that Coach Reed just secured his 10th straight winning season. Unbelievable. Okay. I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing, huh? Yeah. And then Secondly, um, I, I wanted to say that uh, I love Nick Moulton. I love the fact that when he comes on, he's, he's, he's introspective. He's looking at how he can get better. But more than anything else, I love the fact that he talks about tackling, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know how, many, how few players talk about tackling today? It's not their thing, right? For Nick Bolton, it is his thing. And it is a crucial thing for the Chiefs to have in the middle of that defense. It's just mm-hmm. amazing what having a guy that always brings the ball carrier to the ground does for everybody around him. Yeah. Ball got me. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, that was uh, Beards. I'm, I, we've got some intel from Beards today. I'm really, I'm really questioning now. We're, this Sometimes this show develops a whole like third meta layer that gets really confusing, but uh, I appreciate the call. And yeah, um, hearing Nick Bolton care about stuff like that is one of the reasons Steve Spagnuolo loves him. And if you ever are ever tuned in, for a Spags Thursday presser talking about defense and uh, the guys on it that, that he wants to spotlight. Always includes Nick Bolton. Uh, next up here, we got Cruz. Cruz, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up, Cruz? Hey, Josh. Thanks uh, Thanks for doing the show. Uh, my my usual shout-out to Times R's podcast, of course. There have been some uh, some bangers as of late. So I appreciate thank you for that. that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, just a couple of quick points. So uh, this game felt... So, to me, like a sleepy time Chiefs practice, which is not a bad thing at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think we expected a lot more points, but I'm totally okay with it. And then um, during the game, I usually look at online forums, certain online forums, uh, you know, uh, it, live forums, and people were freaking out about number one, our defense. Uh, we let up some some plays. I wasn't worried, and then people were really upset about the cute play uh, in the uh, in the red zone. Yeah, uh, and then you know why? And somebody asked why we can't be a normal offense. <laughs> it's like because we're not. We're not a normal offense, and I love that about our team. And I'm totally okay with us trying all of that stuff against this particular team. Uh, we should never get away from that. I love that about our team. Yes. Uh, so anyway. Thanks again for everything you do, uh, and I'll listen off the air. Appreciate it. I appreciate it, and don't hang up too quick, Cruz, because I'd like to give you some free beef, which, in fact, we might be able to do a couple times here today, brought to our, brought to you by our great friends at Greengrass Cattle Company. I'll, I'll circle back on the red zone because I, I really want to spend some time there, but I also really want to spend some time with some Greengrass Cattle Co. beef because, I mean, if you had it, you would know. You would also want to spend some time with the Greengrass Cattle Company. Brought to you by Greengrass Cattle Co. You can visit their store in Weston, Missouri, off 45 Highway, less than a mile from their ranch. Or you can order online at greengrasscattleco.com. They'll deliver right to your door. They're locally owned and operated. They implement the best practices with their premium black Angus cattle, providing the best feed, clean water, and a low-stress environment to make sure you have the best-tasting beef in town. Big fan of the good people over there at Greengrass Cattle Co. We'll send a, a tomahawk steak to our caller of the day. And again, we might have a chance to do a couple of those today. We'll see uh, how we unfold there. 
on the red zone front, why can't we be a normal offense from Chiefs fans is a very funny thing for, for Cruz to have latched on to. Because that sort of seems like the M.O. This also is how I feel about the Mahomes pick, and we'll hear from Mahomes, and I'm sure he'll be brutal on himself about that mistake and all of those things. But it is a fine balance to criticize the Chiefs for the things that they should be better at while not criticizing the Chiefs for the things that they are built on. That's where I end up. When Colin Saunders comes onto the field on offense... I get excited more than I go, ugh. I also think that Isaiah Pacheco uh, touches in the red zone are a perfectly fine thing. It, I think it's going to be a balanced game in, in how the Chiefs do their trickery and whatnot. The The one tweet that I, I there were several tweets that I saw that I thought had some interesting elements around all of that, but somebody, I can't remember who it was, apologies for the uh, plagiarism, but Somebody, somebody said, um, I can't remember what the what the the specific angle was at this point. Anyway, uh, that that they that the Chiefs are more likely to run their wonky trick plays in in basically in situations they don't need them as badly, and that's a very nice way of saying the Chiefs were going to run that ran their double pass and were going to run their Colin Saunders play against the Rams with a third string quarterback. That's the that's the kind of softening. Google Translate of that, which is the Rams look kind of rough, and so maybe this is where we try putting something funky on tape for the hell of it. I also think we have seen plenty of times with the shovel passes and tight end interior tosses and all of that, we've seen the Chiefs go to that plenty of times when a quote-unquote more normal team would just hand the ball to their running back and score six points. You want to be able to score the quote-unquote normal ways. You want to be able to move the ball the normal ways. But when they work, we love them. And I, I, that's not like a super high-level retort, right? It, it, the, the result doesn't always mean the process was good or bad or whatever. But what I think most of us probably would like to see is a team that has the range to just line up five offensive linemen and 13 personnel, which they've been doing plenty of, which is great. It's a fun wrinkle in this offense to get big with three tight ends out there. But say, all right, give me my five linemen, give me three tight ends, let's slam this thing and see what happens, which also allows you to have three tight ends who make you a bigger personnel package who can also all catch touchdowns, can all run great routes, can all beat coverage. That right there is the the careful balance the Chiefs offense has to try to strike. And today, the simple stuff didn't work as often as it should have, and the tricky stuff wasn't working like at all. I do wonder how different our conversations about the red zone would be right now if the Noah Gray touchdown would have stood. Because that's that one at least, and that's just one example from like 10. I really think they probably ran close to a dozen plays in the red zone today. I mean, more than that. More than that for sure. Anyway, they ran a lot of plays in the red zone today because none of those drives ended early, right? It was a lot of a lot of three tries and a field goal. Felt like it happened 15 times, probably not that many. But just on that one play, because that was on first down two, I think. Um, yeah, it was. First, first in the, uh, I guess it was first and 10 down there in the red zone. It's a touch on the Noah Gray. Everything is fine. 
Chiefs score another touchdown. Rams are flailing. Red zone's cooking. Noah Gray's got a score. I just I think that play, undone by Trey Smith just getting too far downfield. He got kind of pulled also. It might have been the defender making a good play, but whatever. If that one moment goes one yard differently, just from the play of your guard, I don't think it feels quite as dire, but that doesn't mean that the red zone offense was not a problem today. It, it definitely was. It's just a very difficult thing to try to figure out how much it matters in the, the big picture. Next up here, we got Jordan. Jordan, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHP. What's up, Jordan? Not much. How are you? Good. How's it going? What you thinking about the game today? I thought the game was great. Um, I thought it was pretty good that the Chiefs were able to, you know, kind of when things weren't working, they were able to, you know, still win the game. My question about the game is, and uh, I've been kind of wanting to ask, you know, Seren and those guys, but it's hard for me to get on with them. Sure. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to ask you. I'm sure a lot of Kansas City Chiefs fans are going to hate me, but I think this is a great time to, after the end of this year, trade Chris Jones, try to get as many picks as we can, and if I'm not mistaken, a team can only have 12 picks in one draft. Is that correct or not correct? I don't think I've ever heard that. I don't know that a lot of teams would have ever gone to test it, though, so I... uh... I don't think that that's the case, but I um, I couldn't I couldn't disprove it. I'll 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 poke around. Okay. Well, yeah. Maybe you know. Maybe I just maybe my research is wrong. Mm-hmm. So either way, but I I think you know no matter what happens this year, Super Bowl or not Super Bowl or whatever, I think this is a great time to trade Chris Jones, get as many picks as we can, and. And then if we can only have 12 picks in the draft, uh, I think the Chiefs should do what they can to try to trade and get a very experienced left tackle, a.k.a. Larry Tunzel, and then put a bunch of other draft picks up to try to get a top five draft pick so we can get a young defensive end. You know, I'm, I'm not a... Obviously, I'm not. I'm not a, a NFL management quarterback, or not quarterback, but a GM or whatever. Sure, yeah, yeah. No, GM. Very I'm few sorry. of us are. No, that's right. Very few of us are. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just think some of the things that we could we could use is a is a, a top five first round draft pick, DN, and also a super great left tackle. So mm-hmm. I'll listen off the air. Hey, great Chiefs win, and hey, thank you for taking my call. You guys have a good night. I appreciate that, Jordan. Thank you for listening for calling in. Um, so I'm going to start with the Chris Jones part because we've talked about that a little bit around here recently. And look, I would have gotten this wrong if I was talking about Tyreek Hill in these terms at this point last year. But I, for my uh, bona fides... I am generally very, very willing to listen to a conversation about trading an older player who is already expensive, about to get more expensive, 
before you have to give them more guaranteed money when getting draft picks in return are an option for you. I'm very open to that as a concept. In fact, I favor it. Um, I didn't want the Chiefs to trade for Brian Burns at the deadline, right? Just kind of as, as an example of that. I was willing to see the picture on the Tyreek Hill trade, and then as the Chiefs offseason unfolded, it became a little more evident what they were trying to do. Totally get it. And maybe by 2025, 2026, later on in this contract for Chris Jones that would be coming up, maybe I would eventually look back at this and think, oh, God, they they had their chance to to sell high. But I am terrified to think about a future of the Chiefs defense that does not include Chris Jones in the middle. I just think he is such a multiplying factor and such a dominant force that if if Chris Jones was not on this team, I don't think we'd be talking about a guy like Colin Saunders having a career year. I don't think we would be talking about Carlos Dunlap's resurgence. I don't I don't think we'd be talking about Frank Clark looking like he's got a little more boost off the edge again. I don't know if we'd be talking about the Chiefs defense even as a unit playing competent football. Because I just think that Chris Jones is, for lack of a more specific word, rare. I don't want to see what the Chiefs defense looks like without him in the middle of it. Not to mention moving to the edge of it to be a weapon on third downs or obvious passing situations. Not to mention, again, what that does to everyone around him when Chris Jones is, by and large, when you're not looking... (laughs) Even when you when your eyes drift to other parts of the field, Chris Jones is typically either winning or at least getting double teamed. You just can't leave him one on one. When Spags moves him out to the edge and he he is forcing one on one matchups against these tackles, he's winning at an outrageous rate. He's winning at, a, at an outrageous rate in the middle. So I I really do understand the logic of wanting to trade the guy before the third contract, this is this would be the time to do it. Again, like For the Tyree Kill example, that's worked out for both sides so far, and I don't think the Chiefs have any concern about it not working out for them long term. And there aren't a lot of players who I would draw that line on for the Chiefs here. And, and in fact, it, it really might just be the two. Being, I mean, I guess Travis Kelsey's old enough than... There's no real conversation about him going anywhere. So I'm not, I don't think that's really practical in any way. But I think if you said, hey, pretty much anybody on this team, we think we've got a nice trade of draft picks for a value we're happy with, and then some other team will pay them all the money. Do you want the, the, the Chiefs to make this move? If it's about Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey, you're rolling your eyes and declining the call. And if it's Chris Jones, you want to hear about it because of the timing and the contract coming up. But for me, it's not even about how do you get enough value for Chris Jones? How many first-round picks do you need and all of that? I don't even think that an outrageous number of first-round picks is likely to give you back the impact of one Chris Jones. You want to move up and and try to figure out your tackle situation. You want to move up and get a, a young edge rusher. And the Chiefs might be trying to do that anyway. But with the season that Chris Jones is having right now, he is playing like one of the absolute most dominant forces in football. And 
I understand the timeline. But there is just nothing within myself right now as a human being watching football and seeing what 95 does out there. There is nothing within me that has the stomach to say, and after this year, they need to send that guy somewhere else for draft picks. They might, there, there are places they will need to do that continually, as they did with Tyreek Hill. There are places they will need to make sure they have the cap space and the draft picks to maneuver the way they want to. But I am happy to have Chris Jones be a, a lifelong member of the Chiefs for a career that spans a decade and hopefully wins mul- multiple Super Bowls. And with the nucleus they have, I, I think that will happen. It would not shock me beyond repair if they did make a blockbuster move with him this offseason. I think it's on the table. But at least instinctively, I would hate it. I could see the logic, but it would make me feel very bad until I really had some time to talk myself into it. I appreciate the uh, the topic coming up because I like talking about Chris Jones, and this is going to be a big topic of conversation, um, specifically this offseason. And regardless, as of right now, maybe it doesn't matter very much because he is certainly playing for the Chiefs right now and is, I, I think, the second or third most important player on this team. I, I cannot think of who else would felt the metal stand outside of Mahomes, Kelsey, Chris Jones. Anyway. Uh, next up, we have Julian. Julian, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up, Ju- uh, Julian? Hello. Hello, Julian speaking. Who am I getting? Julian, we got, we got you? Yeah, I got you, man. I was just like to say I just appreciate all the uh, Chiefs fans today and uh, how the uh, how Kansas bloody achieved a nice win. It was glorious. But what sort of annoys me is the fans that don't like how they played today. They got the points, didn't they? You know? Yeah. So what's wrong with that? Yeah, I mean, it uh, it was it was a sort of strange effort for the Chiefs because of, you know, an offense that wasn't able to score as often as they wanted to, but um, you'll take 26 to 10 pretty much every week. <clears throat> you know what? A win's a win. doesn't matter how it comes as long as you win at the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. So that was bloody good. But no, I just appreciate everyone, and it was good to turn up. Well, Julian, I uh, appreciate you uh, joining the show as well. Thanks for the call. Thanks for listening. Uh, and I uh, appreciate, you know, an accent much more interesting and much better than mine. I get bored of my own of my own voice in my headphones. So that was a nice... Uh, Julian, 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 call back in anytime. <laughs> we'll just uh, spice this up. Appreciate that. Uh, next up, we go to Sean. Sean, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up, Sean? Yo, what's going on? Hey, how you feeling? Um, yeah, I was just listening. Uh, I heard Chris Jones... Uh, Trade rumors, whatever. But we we need him in that defense. Yeah. Um. Just just because I say that the defense, we still have to build around the defense. We know what the offense is about. So this phone call is practically about should we start looking ahead at the playoff competition, and I think that's what we have to focus on as Chiefs fans and the Kansas City Chiefs and. I know that the the uh, Ravens they lost today, mm-hmm. so that's back. So we still have to look forward to Buffalo, Miami, which is playing good. Um, the Jets won today, so there's there's some threats ahead. Um, as far as uh, the, the few games coming up, I mean Kansas City really has no worry about these games. They can be trap games. You know how the Chiefs get sometimes. 
uh, you know, with slow starts and everything. Even like today, it was kind of a slow start, but they pulled it out. But um, I'm looking forward ahead um, with the games ahead, especially the playoffs. Um, yeah. What 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 team do you think would give Kansas City the most trouble? I, I don't think it would be Buffalo. I'm thinking more or less like if we were to run against the Jets or the Dolphins. Yeah. Which would probably be, or, uh, you know, a little bit of a threat coming in the arrowhead. Because I, I do think we're going to get a home field advantage. So yeah. that's my question. And I'll listen off the air. It was good to talk to you guys. And like I said, I'll listen off the air. Sean, I appreciate it, man. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, the whole uh, the whole AFC East. How funny is that? That that entire division at this point, uh, you could you could list pretty much everybody as uh, I don't know a contender, a real threat, somebody who could be coming to Arrowhead in January. Um, I will say that that on the actual schedule coming up around here next week at Cincinnati, if the Chiefs play the exact game they played today, I, I think they probably lose to the Bengals, especially as it looks like they'll get Jamar Chase back for next week as well. I think the Chiefs will play a better game than they did today in all likelihood because they'll need to. I think there's a little bit of, of logic to all that. Um, so the the Bengals will be interesting, but I, I will admit, I think that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell trying to streak across this Chiefs defense would be some fascinating football. Because the Chiefs specifically got faster and younger defensively this year, I don't think that there's a better overall team threat to your defense's speed than what Miami has right now. Um, and and I think Tua is at least showing the aptitude to to use that speed to the logistical end of all options. Yes, Beards? I was going to say, I know there's one team I definitely don't care to see in the playoffs. That's the Titans. Yeah, I would not. You know, that's a good point. I was going to gloss just it over them again. Just for my own mental health, no. I don't care to see the Titans. Also, just a fun little stat here. Uh, there are at least seven teams in the AFC that have won seven or more games. And then the um, the Patriots and Chargers are sitting at six. Unbelievable. I mean, that is that's what the conference so it's is. It's been good. It has been. And and there are a bunch of those teams, but they are in that range where you go, I think they their highs are pretty high and their lows could probably lose to just about anybody. That's the NFL. That's kind of a cop-out, I guess. But I think the Dolphins would be fascinating. And I do still, I know that I we, we all saw the Bills play some truly forgettable football on Thanksgiving against the Lions, no less. I think I, I think I still believe in the Bills as the, the second best team in the AFC and at the very least the team with the second highest ceiling in the AFC. But I, I buy the Dolphins as legit. I, I buy the, the Titans as an incredibly frustrating team that could absolutely win any week. I, I think I see that from the Bengals more often than not as well. I also, I don't like super fear the Jets not me just either. because, like, you know, their defense is good, but... They have who'd play quarterback today? Mike White today played some pretty good football against a bad Bears defense. Yeah, I'm not worried. He wasn't playing last week. Correct. Yeah, and they they brought him in for a stretch of of not very good defenses. The Jets will play. I think the Jets could legit be a playoff team because they're seven and four right now, and their schedule's pretty good. Still in the roster, he is. Let's see Joe Flacco. That's what I want to see. Would he scare you more than Mike White? If I say yes, does that mean they'll play them? I don't know. We just want to see more Joe Flacco in our lives. That's generally the logic, right? Against the Chiefs' defense, that's what I want to see. But it, it is a whole amalgamation of AFC teams. Where what I really, what I really think is, an in Arrowhead, the Chiefs would be favored against all of them and could lose to pretty much any of them, because that is sort of the 
unmistakable mess that the NFL has created with all the parody that is in this league, and it's the reason that this league is so much fun. We'll take a break here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. We'll come back here from Juju Smith-Schuster, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. We'll talk to our friend Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. And it's all brought to you by CBD American Shaman. When Kansas City scores, you score big at your local CBD American Shaman. Our team score is your percent off. They scored 26 points, so you get 26% off all day tomorrow on orders of $100 or more. That's at CBD American Shaman. Life is better with the feather. Pacheco, the running back, all alone behind Mahomes. Mahomes hands it off Pacheco, straight up the gut, and he plunges over the goal line. Touchdown, Kansas City. The rookie, Isaac Pacheco, his second rushing touchdown of the year, and with 6.32 to go in the third quarter, it's the Chiefs 19 and the Rams 3. Not so sure about an Isaac Pacheco, but I know that Isaiah Pacheco was moving things, moving people out there on the field today. An excellent performance by the young rookie who has taken that starting job by the horns. He was moving people. If you're moving parts, let me tell you about the moving parts play of the game brought to you by TVH Parts. At TVH, every single part counts. They keep machines going and they keep you growing. They're also hiring right now, so you should apply online at tvhjobs.com. That's tvhjobs.com. Maybe Isaiah Pacheco puts you out of a job today by running over slash through you multiple times. Maybe you're just looking for a change. tvhjobs.com. Appreciate TVH for being on board. Appreciate Isaiah Pacheco for his performance in the game today. We heard from him uh, a little bit earlier on in the show, live from Arrowhead. A, just a great story on a whole bunch of levels. Mentioned his mom driving 20 hours to watch him play today at Arrowhead. And then for that performance to be the uh, the, the result, pretty cool one all the way around there. Feel pretty good about the running game. Also, Ronald Jones stepping in and, and playing for some violence out of that running back position. He and Pacheco really do that. McKinnon, obviously, is the third down guy they trust in pass pro. They trust to catch passes, but seeing Pacheco and Jones both get uh, get looks in the air, just one catch on one target for each of those guys, but but seeing them earn a little bit of work in the passing game, I think, is a very good sign for what this team's able to do, uh, even if the offensive line is is trying to uh, figure out how they are going to, uh, to to create some more opportunities, specifically on the interior there for the running game. Um, Beards, if you're good on your end, I'd love to hear from either Juju Smith-Schuster or George Karloftis. We got both of them from the locker room via our own Todd Lebo. Just uh, a matter of, we'll start on the offensive side since we're talking offense right now. Because this is obviously Juju's first game back after missing last week in the concussion protocol. The Chiefs seem to very clearly be kind of... um, easing him back into the scheme of things. Once he was getting more work later in the game, he certainly wasn't shying away from contact or anything like that, just working his way back into the flow of things. Here's Juju Smith-Schuster in the locker room after his three-catch, 38-yard return for the Chiefs today. For you guys, this is a whole day. Can you just kind of be evaluate the performance? You know, got in, you get a win, double-digit win? I think, I think on offense side of the ball, I think, you know, there's a couple plays that hurt us, but we got to finish in the red zone. Um, that, that was one of the biggest... Uh, points, you know, for us is that, you know, we have like these long drives and not finishing and not putting up seven points on the board is, it hurts us huge, you know, um, and I know later down in the, in the long run and the stretch, uh, we're going to need those points. Patrick gets 10 different receivers again today. That's kind of becoming the norm. 
How unique is that to have a quarterback that can spread the love that much? Yeah, man. If you're wearing a Chief jersey, man, you're going to get a ball, man. Uh, so it feels nice, man. Like a quarterback like him, uh, he's a special guy, man. Uh, those don't come around very often. Like you said, it's you know you look at Tom Brady, man. Tom Brady played how many receivers? And you can't name them all. Same thing with Pat, man. He he threw the ten different guys today, and you know just making plays. Were you on a snap count tonight? Or snap nah, 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 nah. I don't you, think I was. You mentioned the red zone. Anything you can put your finger on down there? They were doing well for, against you guys? It, it's honestly just us. You know, we had a couple of huge drops and a couple of misplays that, that kind of hurt us. Like I said, I think us to go down and have these long drives and not finish is, is not good for us. But, um, you know, they played hard down there and they got a couple of turnovers that, that hurt us. But at the end of the day, you know, we came out to W. I think that, that dismount there is, is worthwhile on the context because as Juju said earlier in the first answer you heard, plays like that, games like that, red zone up and downs like that are going to come back and hurt you in games where things are a little tighter, where the teams, frankly, your opponent is a little better, when they're not on their third quarterback and missing their top two receivers and released their leading rusher a couple of days back. Obviously, Cam Akers was entering the year as number one, but all of whatever that weird off the field or locker room stuff with him. I don't know. Um, but that, that team has had weird vibes and bad injuries and, and uh, has been aging very quickly, it seems, over the course of this season. Playing a, a banged-up Rams team gives you more more of a margin for error, but as, as Juju says there, and I'm sure we'll hear the same from Mahomes, I'm sure we'll hear the same from Andy Reid, this is a 16—think about This is not an excuse, but just think about this. Just hear this, okay? We have already spent and will continue to spend the majority of the time talking about this game discussing how the Chiefs failed in the red zone. In a game where they beat the defending Super Bowl champions by 16 points. Now look, it wasn't wasn't really the defending champions because of all the injuries and the guys they had leaving the offseason and all of that. I mean, it's a very different team. This is not the Rams run it back tour. But to beat anybody by 16 points convincingly over the course of a whole game like that, I was never at any moment concerned about the Chiefs losing that game. That doesn't mean that's sufficient. That doesn't mean that's enough, because again, this exact effort next week against the Bengals probably sends you back to Kansas City with another loss. But in the context of this game, I just, I'm, I'm offering that not as, not as excuse-making, but as a reminder for where the Chiefs' standards currently are set. Where they won this game by more than two touchdowns, and we are probably going to accentuate the negatives this week, talking about where they fell short. Just a reminder of the standards the Chiefs have set for themselves. Uh, it's, a, it's a far cry from not that many years ago. I think that's kind of interesting. On the defensive side, yes, certainly an easier uh, assignment than they've seen in a while because the the Rams were were playing. Beards mentioned, you know, when we were watching the game, the Malik Willis Titans and some of the some of the vibes that gave you in terms of a, an offense that was afraid to let the quarterback throw the football. Well, the Rams don't have Derrick Henry, so th- this this offense was just as sad as the Titans, if not maybe a little sadder at times. For a team that was not mucking it up as much as Tennessee did. So 
yeah, you've you've got maybe the goalposts uh, a little closer uh, on this particular assignment, but still a, a good day from the defense. Also from rookie George Karloftis, he uh, he was in the locker room talking after the game when Lebo caught up with Karloftis, who got a full sack, I believe, for the first time in his rookie career uh, as he closed in. I made an impact play early in this game. Overall, got to be a pretty good feeling day for a defense giving up just 10 points. The quarterback here, I was like, all right, I know what they're about to do. And that's, that's all from coaching and practice and experience. It seems like the last couple of weeks especially, you guys have been getting some pretty good jumps off the very start. What's, what's been kind of the key to that? Starts with our coaches, starts with, our, with the leaders in our, in our rooms, you know, on defense, you know. Uh, defense aligned for us, starts with Coach Braden and Coach Cullen. Uh, you know, and then trickles down to, to Carlos and Frank and Chris, and then kind of with all of us, you know, younger guys. Um, so it's all it's all about leadership and the coaching. You guys were put in a couple of tough spots after the muff punt and then the fake, and you guys answered the bell both times there. How, how big was that for y'all? Yeah, we responded. You know, I think we've been doing a, a solid job with that as of late, uh, and it, it was huge for our defense, kind of the, the momentum the momentum of the game. And uh, the first one there, you got your first solo sack. How did that feel? Take me through that play. It felt great. You know, just just was talking about it. But we saw that exact same play in practice. Had the same call against it and messed up on it in practice. I wasn't going to make the same mistake in the game. What did you think of uh, their young quarterback? I mean, you didn't have much tape on him. You didn't know what to expect. Right. Really talented. Really talented guy. Could really make you pay, especially with his feet. Could throw it really well. So you know, uh, he's going to be a really good player, I think. And. Uh, you know, he gave us some problems, but we we we, we were uh, we were coached up on him. There's George Karloftis. You heard there a little bit, I think, in the first question, and then uh, again towards the end, talking about having seen that play in practice, and uh, maybe sounded like he made a mistake in practice that he was not going to repeat here in this uh, in this game scenario. And there, uh, there's how George Karloftis gets his first solo sack of his NFL career, as the Chiefs' defense uh, only gives up ten points. Yes. Third-string quarterback and a, an offense largely devoid of a bunch of weapons. But if they gave up more than 10 points, we'd be talking about that as a pretty big negative. Uh, also, a, a good point made by Lebo there that they were not in advantageous situations all night. This was not the Chiefs pinning the Rams back at their own five-yard line every time. It did it at least early. But uh, the, the Chiefs' defense did get stuck in some some not-so-great situations as a direct result of some special teams mistakes or miscues or whatever. And ultimately, the Chiefs' defense stopped that bleeding pretty much as soon as it started. So I'll uh, I'll take that as a successful performance, even noting the competition not being Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and all of that. Uh, a good a good performance from a defense doing what they were expected to do, knowing that it wasn't QB one or even QB two. That's why we spend a lot of time on the Chiefs' offense, saying, "Hey, we maybe expect a little more from you." Uh, we'll see what the Chiefs had to say about the offensive side of the ball because we'll hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes on the other side of a quick timeout here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show brought to you by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. For a fake punt pass. They remain with the football. And on first down, play action. And Perkins had that blown up. Chris Jones right in his face drags him down back at the 38-yard line, second sack of the day for a defense that has already eclipsed their sack total from a year ago. And Chris Jones has continued to be an absolute menace in this defensive front here in Kansas City. That makes him the defensive player of the game, brought to you by Slagle Fence. When you need a fence, call Slagle Fence. When the Chiefs need defense, they call 
Chris Jones. Of course, Legarius Sneed, Nick Bolton deserve their time in the sun on this game as well, but so does Slagle Fence, because they install it all, from wood to ornamental steel to vinyl to chain link. No job is too large, and it'll look great too. Schedule your free estimate by going to slagelfence.com or call 816-863-6159. We will also pivot back over to the offensive side as Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid has spoken about what the Chiefs gave to the Rams today, what they took back in return. Our head coach press conferences always brought to you by Robert Brogdon Buick GMC and Robert Brogdon's Olathe Kia. Andy Reid is presented by Robert Brogdon Buick GMC and Robert Brogdon's Olathe Kia. Visit BrogdonAutomotive.com. She's got banged up a couple of times in this game. Some uh, presumably minor injuries here as Andy Reid gave his opening statement and the injury updates after the Chiefs' victory. All right. Um, really, as far as the injuries go, uh, Deion Bush was really the only one that had anything. Um, he hurt his elbow, and uh, he should be fine. Uh, but it was it was hurting. Uh, the crowd was unbelievable tonight. Uh, it, was a, it was a great welcome for, for the Rams. Um, Sean does a heck of a job with that with that football team, and they've had a lot of injuries, so he's battling through all of that. Um, but it was a good uh, good opponent, and I was proud of our guys for the job that they did of uh, definitely not taking them lightly, coming out and playing good aggressive football on both sides of the ball. Um, and then um, I, I better not slight the American Heritage game today, too. That's a uh, we sure welcome that in our. Um, so, anyways, uh, but it was a great night to have that and coming out with a with a nice victory. So, um, got to do a little better in the red zone. Uh, that's a place we're normally pretty good, but we were we were off just a a tick uh, tonight, and we'll we'll go back to the drawing board on that and make sure we take care of that. It was good to get Allegretti in there and playing. I thought he did a nice job, as did the offensive line. Um, Pat had a another big night. Um, and uh, with 300 plus yards, you know, and we kind of take those for granted, but uh, not easy to do. Defensively, I thought we just played a heck of a football game, um, whether it was Bolton or um, Cook stepping in and doing a nice job. 38 comes back in, has a huge pick for us um, to kind of start, the, to kind of end things for us. Um, um, anyways, I, I, the defensive front, I thought, played well, strong uh, against the run and the pass. Anyways, with that, uh, time's yours. We uh, we talk a lot about the rushing defense when it doesn't go well, and I mean I'm I'm looking over at the the stat lines now. It's inflated certainly by by Bryce Perkins being able to do some things on the ground, being able to defend a quarterback who can run is obviously a a little bit of a different ball of wax. And I personally, as a child of NFL Street two and an adult of NFL Street and then a child of Madden and also an adult of Madden. I, I've always enjoyed the, uh, the the mobile quarterback being able to beat you multiple ways. But if you take Perkins out of this mix tonight, 19 carries for uh, Williams and Akers combined. Average something like four-ish yards per carry um, across their nearly 20 carries. And just, just not a very consequential game for the uh, the Rams on the ground. Certainly not on in the air. Either. Uh, also good for uh, for Reed to mention, as we've talked about, not just Nick Allegretti stepping in for Joe Tooney, who was inactive for this game, but also no Kadarius Tony. Reed didn't mention that, but I'm mentioning it now as we talked about Sky Moore's role earlier on, and specifically Brian Cook coming in and playing some good football as Juan Thornhill was out. I think that's an example of 
You got a break in terms of the type of offense the Rams were trying to play in that game, so you didn't get tested deep a whole lot anyway in Thornhill's absence, but Cook stepping up and playing some good football there, uh, certainly a, a very good thing. Next up here from Andy Reid, uh, if he was expecting a better performance against this depleted Rams squad. No, they did, listen, they did a good job. We're not, you know, we're not playing a JV team. That, that defense is one top 10 defense, so I mean, you know, it's not like uh, they're, they're no good. So uh, they did a nice job against us, and uh, um, you know that's that's all part of it. But in between uh, red zones, there we sure moved the ball well. But a lot of good things happened there. Now I laughed out loud immediately there because if you've been listening since the beginning of the show today, you just heard Andy Reid say, "Hey, that's not a JV team." I did absolutely call them the JV LA Rams earlier. That was mostly a joke about initials, but I have corrected myself before that Reid clip. Um, I've corrected this part, and I'll, I'll stick to it. Not a JV defense by any means. That, that is the JV Rams offense. Um, that is QB3 missing your top two receiving options and just having all sorts of dysfunction across that defensive line. I believe that, that was, I saw a tweet pregame, I think it was their 11th different iteration of starting offensive linemen in 11 games. That is outrageous. Think about that for a second. Think about that happening to your team. Think about the Chiefs having 11 different iterations across their offensive line to just to this point in the season. So with all of that, the offense is sort of the JV Rams offense. But defensively, I I think that's an incredibly fair point um, by Andy Reid to make there for the the fact that the Rams defense certainly certainly is still um, a very good one, even though it's not the exact same version of that defense that won the Super Bowl last year. We talked about Sky Moore, both in the offense and in the special teams. Andy Reid was, of course, asked about Sky Moore returning punts. He obviously had the muff early in the game, and then Justin Watson took it from there. Well, we'll see. Um, that wasn't a very good showing for him, although he came back and had that nice catch right after that, which for a young kid to kind of get that out of his mind, I thought was a, a plus. I agree. I, I think that for Sky Moore to be able to perhaps eventually say, hey, this thing I'm, uh, I'm not good at, haven't been good at, I lost my job on that thing, cost my team in this game, etc. And to immediately be able to be the rest of the game, one of, I mean, one of the, the go-to weapons, he led the team in receptions today with five. Skymore led the Chiefs in receptions after muffing his third punt of the year, all recovered by the opponents. Uh, I believe the actual question there was, if the Skymore benching is is permanent, which is what I think Andy was chuckling to there, it it should be. Only on special teams. He's been excellent when he's gotten the ball on the offensive side. I would love to see that continue. Also, do keep in mind Tony being out today. Maybe that would have been Tony and Justin Watson returning punts if he would have been healthy. We'll keep an eye on that, but I I can't imagine we see 24 back there for a lot more punts the rest of the season. I don't I don't think we should. Uh, next up here from Andy Reid, talking a little bit about the game plan against Aaron Donald. Still an absolute menace in the middle of that defense. Yeah, Aaron's a pretty good player, so uh, that's a big challenge. But he, he did a nice job. We, you know, I thought Andy Heck had a nice scheme set up too, to um, work at you know, slides and so on uh, with him. But both he and 54, uh, you, know, you, bet, you better be on your A game because both those two are good football players. On Donald, it like early, it looked like he flashed a few times, and you guys really kind of settled down after that. Was something you guys did, or just get into the game flow? 
probably more on the flow uh, than anything different there. Getting an offense to work around Aaron Donald is a uh, an achievement in itself. And as Reed said earlier, they were really good between the 20s today. Once they got in the red zone, though, of course, things got difficult. You may have seen it on the broadcast today. Uh, Patrick Mahomes simply doesn't lose in November. No different this year. Here's Andy Reid on what Mahomes does in the 11th month of the year. Coach Reid, 13 wins for Patrick Mahomes in the month of November. I mean, you sit back and look at that number. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, no, that is. Yeah, November's over, too. So, I mean, that's a, on to December. But I, that's, uh, yeah, no, he's an amazing guy, amazing player. So uh, we're lucky to have him here. And, and um, you know, but yes, I agree. Oh, you might get Andy to say, hey, what, I mean, listen, my record in November since Pat got here is also, I mean, pretty good. No, no, he's never, never slow to give Patrick Mahomes the, the credit for some of the uh, incredible stuff that, that he's done here in Kansas City. Hasn't made anybody's life better than Andy Reid's, I'd imagine. Although it's made everybody's life a little better talking about the Chiefs on a, uh, on a daily basis around these parts. Also been very good to have Juju Smith-Schuster on this team so far this season and have him back after missing the Chargers game last week after the uh, the nasty hit two weeks ago, putting him in concussion protocol. Andy Reid talked a little bit about the return of Juju. Juju got back in the action after being out for a week. Looked like he didn't have any rest at all. What would you think of how he played? I thought he did a good job. You know, we didn't get him the ball enough in the first half, um, and that's my responsibility to, to do that. But in the second half, he, he sure started off nice with some big big plays for us. Interesting that he says that they, you know, they wanted to get him more involved earlier on. That he takes responsibility for that, as opposed to it just sort of being a matter of um, easing him back or, or whatever it may be. He definitely had he was he was behind Justin Watson in snap count at least as of halftime. So I, that may have changed later on in the game. But just getting back into game speed again after missing last week. Wanted to get him more involved earlier, I suppose. Uh, I think that will uh, not be a concern next week. I think he's going to get involved plenty. Uh, also, he mentioned Nick Bolton earlier in the opening statements here. Andy Reid talks a little more about the team's Mike Linebacker. Yeah, well, his instincts. I mean, Spags has mentioned that too, but his instincts, his ability to tackle um, uh, in tight areas and um, and then also in the field, I think, is big. Um, I mean, he'll tell you that it helps to have a good defensive line too. So he, But he's having uh, definitely an all-pro type season. You know, he's a heck of a football player. Playing some good games, catching interceptions off of deflections. It's a pretty good recipe to uh, to get you into a Pro Bowl ballot or even perhaps on an all-pro uh, roster by the uh, the end of the season. Nick Bolton very clearly heading in that direction. One more from Andy Reid back on Juju as he worked back uh, kind of slowly to start the game. Yeah, we tried, listen, we were trying to rotate all the guys in um, as we went, and Juju was part of that, so... Um, we weren't sure early in the week where, where he was going to be at, so the other guys got some numbers called there. There you have it. So a little bit of kind of feeling that out, but once he was out there, they wanted to get it to him, and uh, that's the update on Juju. Again, I imagine that he'll play plenty next week against the Cincinnati Bengals. You're listening to the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show here, of course, on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. It's brought to you by TVH. TVH is now hiring and looking for dog lovers, football fans, hikers, bikers, barbecue lovers, and anyone who happens to be interested in a great place to work. You can learn more at TVHjobs.com. That's TVHjobs.com. 
Next, we go to the quarterback as Patrick Mahomes took the podium after Andy Reid today and had plenty to talk about from the red zone offense to Isaiah Pacheco to his pass-catching weapons as he spread the ball around. We'll get to Patrick Mahomes right after this. Patrick Mahomes press conference brought to you by Xfinity. Xfinity Internet. Stay connected with Wi-Fi coverage that delivers the speed, reliability, and coverage you need. Can your internet do that? We start big picture with Mahomes as he discussed the biggest takeaways from today's win over the Rams. Yeah, I mean, I thought defense played well. Um, obviously, um, some special teams, some offense we got to clean up. Um, the defense kept us in the game, got some turnovers for us, got some big stops after some turnovers that we made. Um, but uh, especially in the red zone, we got to execute at a higher level. I got to execute at a higher level, and I got to stop. I got to take out like the one dumb play I make every game. It seems like so if I can take that out, I think we'll be all right. I'll go ahead and make this the time that I uh, talk about the quote one dumb play. And actually, you know what? I'm gonna hold it. I'm gonna hold my thought because the next clip is about that interception in the red zone. That's the quote one dumb play he's talking about. The late pick in the end zone. I'll let him explain it, and then I'll tell you what I think, but it seems reasonable to let Mahomes get the first word in. No, it wasn't a no look. I was going to throw it to Trav, and then at the last second, I, I, I didn't think I could get it in. It was one of those, like, I tried to pull it down a little bit, and I threw it directly into the dude's stomach, so just got to make sure that I don't do that, especially in the red zone, because those are ones that kill you in big games, um, and so uh, obviously, you'd like to win, um, but uh, we got a lot, of, lot to get better at uh, offensively, uh, especially starting with me. Here's the first thing. First and foremost, and most importantly, he's right. Those are the types of plays that in big games hurt you. That is evident, I think, to everybody. Also, sort of implicitly acknowledges this was not a big game. That was not a big spot there. Not excusing it. Absolutely. In big games, that's the type of thing that you will kick yourself about for an entire offseason that lasts from late January until training camp comes around. I'm sure, as a quarterback, that's the type of play that haunts you when you make that mistake. However, and I haven't seen a lot of Chiefs fans doing this. Chiefs Twitter was not in perfect form on this front. If you say, hey, Mahomes can't do X, Y, or Z, he, he cannot make this mistake, he cannot do this thing that he does, in, in this case, red zone pick, in other cases, interception in other places, he takes a risk, whatever. Just sort of in generalities, if not in, even specifically about this pass. In general, I would ask you to ask yourself what and when he should do differently. Because what my general MO is, is that I don't ever want to tell Patrick Mahomes to do fewer Patrick Mahomes things. I'm not even sure this is applicable to this pick, by the way. He explained it all there. He just was trying to make one other thing happen. And he, he kind of had to change his throw in midair, essentially. Just ended up being a, a dumb turnover. But if at any point... Patrick Mahomes throws a sidearm, no-look laser across his body from the right hash mark to the left sideline. And it gets, like, tipped up in the air and intercepted. You can go, ugh, that kills. I hate that. But please don't ever say, ugh, he can't do that. Can't, you just can't be doing that. Because he is doing that all the time. And it's Unreal. So if you're going to say, hey, 
one out of ten of those crazy things that nobody else in football is doing consistently, one out of ten times, it's not going to go his way. Maybe it's dropped. Maybe it's batted up. Maybe it's picked. Maybe it's a pick six in the Super Bowl. If that's the thing that happens one every ten times, he does nine things that no one else in the sport is even thinking about doing, you got to be okay with that. Now, again, in this case, it's just sort of a freak thing, and he it just made a mistake. But if you watch other football, first of all, it will hurt you because they don't have Patrick Mahomes and your team does. But also, you're going to find a lot of stupider, more frequent mistakes being made by lesser quarterbacks just trying to do their jobs. Patrick Mahomes can absolutely continue to become more precise and more of a robot as he as he progresses. But I never want Patrick Mahomes to be less creative. Again, this wasn't even a creation thing. He, he explained why this pick was the pick. But that's something to keep in mind when Mahomes creates and eventually it goes against the Chiefs. Don't pretend like it's the first time you ever saw Patrick Mahomes try to make something special happen. That's all, that's all I suggest there. Anyway, with that being said, uh, Mahomes himself knows that there's places that this team can improve after today's game. No, I mean, they, they did a good job. At the end of the day, they got great players. They still have a great defense over there. Uh, they did a great job of kind of passing off crossers down there. Um, they were in the right spots, kind of where I wanted to go. So, I mean, they, they had a good game plan. Um, I have to find ways to execute at a higher level, uh, get it to those guys in space. And uh, when we do have chances, we have to make sure that we get in the end zone. Um, so uh, that's just something that we can go back on film and uh, get better at. Places you can improve, room for growth, absolutely. Always there. Also, just kind of funny, this is the serious tone after a 16-point win. It's totally fair. The Rams are very good right now. It's kind of funny. Uh, we talked about the O-line. We talked about Aaron Donald. What about from the quarterback's perspective, how that offensive line handled Aaron Donald on the, on the other side? Yeah, I think they did a great job, man. They, they stayed with it. Those guys are going to fight to the very end. They're competitors. Um, and so we had uh, Nick in there, who's played a lot of big games for us. And so um, throwing him in there uh, with those other guys, they battled the entire game um, and gave us chances to score, t- uh, score points. And so... Um, I'm always proud of those guys that they continue to get better and better. We'll win a lot of football games. Uh, I'll take that. I mean, it wasn't a uh, necessarily a dominant performance, I suppose, but they were able to get a little bit of running going. Pacheco made the most of it. Mahomes stayed pretty clean, um, and he can do things when he escapes that you feel good about. So it'll be nice to have Joe Tooney back whenever he's healthy enough to go, but I, I think Allegretti there is a, a perfectly fine you know, patchwork option or whatever. Uh, really, all three of those interior positions and as a sixth lineman, which is why he's so valuable to this team. I, I think the Chiefs are going to try to keep Nick Allegretti around until some other team decides to try to pay him as a, a starting guard. I, I bet they love having the flexibility that he brings on this roster. Uh, the Rams did plenty on defense, though, that, that gave the Chiefs some trouble. Mahomes has already talked about a little bit of it. Here he is on what the Rams did that was so effective at, at giving the Chiefs some trouble. Yeah, I mean, they, they played a lot of zone coverages, and then when they played man, they put Jalen on them, um, which we kind of expected. Um, but, I mean, they did a good job. Um, I got to be better, like I said. Like, I, I missed a lot of open guys from the tablet, it looked like, so we'll see on the film. Um, so I just got to be better. And just little things here and there, when you're playing a good defense, you got to execute at a higher level. So uh, I'll make sure to go back and work on my fundamentals and get back to it. Interesting to say that on the tablet, like he was missing some open guys. Um, that will make the, the film review, as he already said there, make it pretty interesting to see uh, if there were were options being missed at any point by Mahomes and why he wasn't seeing them. That'll, that'll be something we can break down over the remainder of the week. You heard him mention Jalen Ramsey there. Travis Kelsey put him in an absolute spin cycle on that touchdown. 
No, but like I know it was a good one because I was I just kind of he was my primary read, um, and some of those plays when he's a man coverage, you just let him let him work, and so I didn't know what he was going to do honestly because he had a deep crosser, but those are some of those routes sometimes that he just breaks out. So I, I was just kind of hanging on there. I know he made a good move, got him the ball uh, a little behind him, but he ended up making a good run after catch and then scoring a touchdown. Just a fun look there at the process of a play like that where. He knew what he was supposed to do. Sometimes Kelsey will do his own thing based off what he's seeing from the defense. Mahomes say he was just just holding on. I've been there. Uh, an incredible, an incredible piece of work there from uh, from the future Hall of Famer against probably another future Hall of Famer there in Jalen Ramsey. I, I imagine he and Kelsey will probably go to Canton around a similar time, but obviously uh, Kelsey gets the better of that matchup on an overall a relatively quiet day for Kelsey outside of that one exclamation point of a play. A busy day, plus a touchdown for Isaiah Pacheco. Here's what Mahomes had to say about, as far as I can tell, the Chiefs' new number one running back. Yeah, he's got the right attitude. Um, he's going to continue to run. He's going to get those extra yards, when you, which are big. Um, and he's going to continue to push and push to get better and be better. And so um, in this league, you want um, those young backs uh, to continue to just push to get better, find ways to be more patient, find ways to hit the hole harder. Um, and he's done a great job of that. And uh, that running back room is, was big for us today uh, and has been big for us the last few weeks here. Obviously, again, Ronald Jones stepping in for the injured Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I, no shade to Clyde, but I, I mean, I really legit feel just as good about that that running back room today as I did uh, with with the group entering the Chargers game last week. I, I that this is why Ronald Jones was here. He can do a lot of the stuff that Clyde was doing on first and second downs. They still have McKinnon, obviously, as their preferred option in third down situations or passing down situations, at least. And uh, Isaiah Pacheco has become kind of the number one back in his own right. Feel pretty good about that group altogether. Uh, Mahomes here asked a little bit about the thing we're looking forward to a little bit already. As coming up on Sunday, the Chiefs get the rematch with the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, it's not a good place. I mean, they beat us. I played terrible in the second half, um, and, and and we lost at home. That could have sent us to the Super Bowl. So uh, we'll be ready to go this next week for sure. A little something away from it in, in particular, though, in terms of what you learned. Yeah, I mean, um, you learn that you got to just continue to, to push. You can't be satisfied with where you're at. Um, we scored a lot of points that first half. We went in kind of thinking we were going to just kind of coast to the Super Bowl, but they're a team that's going to fight. So uh, they're going to fight to the very end. Um, that's why, why they were in the Super Bowl, and so we have to make sure that we go in with two uh, great halves of football and however long it takes. We have plenty of time to look forward to Chiefs-Bengals. I, I will wait at least until we get to Matt Derrick to do that myself, but uh, that game will be fun. The lead-up will be fun. Hopefully the result will be fun as well. Uh, what do the Chiefs see here again in the Rams' defense today? Not just Aaron Donald department. He already talked a little bit about what they were doing in the secondary, but uh, here's Mahomes asked about the, uh, the Rams' defense today, the experience they had going up against them. Yeah, I mean, we gotta we got to be better. I mean, obviously, it's a great defense. We have a ton of respect for them. Um, but we moved the ball kind of between the 20s, and it seemed like when we got down there in goal-to-goal uh, situations, we weren't really able to score. And then when defense got turnovers, we weren't able to score. And so we pride ourselves on those two things, red zone offense. We, we spent a ton of time in training camp on it um, and then scoring after turnovers. Those were, game, <clears throat> those were games were won. And so uh, we got to be better. we got to be better there, and we understand that. Um, and it starts with me of just getting the ball in my hand and get it to the right guy on time. Uh, it's a pretty simplistic way of looking at a quarterback's job, but I guess you're Patrick Mahomes. you got to boil it down for the rest of us. Got to get the ball out of your hand to the right guy. All right, cool. Very good. It's so easy anybody can do it. <laughs> or you need to be a sorcerer, regardless. Um, speaking of, uh, of guys who uh, can make the quarterback position look pretty easy, Patrick Mahomes here has asked about Sky Moore. 
passing as he was the one who uh, flipped it back to him on the uh, the double pass attempt that Chiefs had. Oh yeah, you know Sky can throw. I think he played quarterback in high school, um, and so we that was kind of his first attempt. But you know, Coach Reed, once he sees he can throw a spiral, he might come back to it. So we'll, we'll see um, if we can uh, maybe get that into the game plan a little bit more. I think that goes back to the idea that the Chiefs are more willing to to do a little bit more of the wonky trick play stuff in a game that they've they're in control of, uh, and, and maybe have a little more margin for error with, and maybe we'll see Sky Moore throw a pass in a big moment once uh, once Reed and Mahomes and the Chiefs generally believe that it'll be a good moment for the Chiefs to to unveil that. The trick plays are fun, except for when they're frustrating. That's the that's the the gift and the curse of the the Chiefs offense and any any time in the NFL where you see some uh, real high school stuff get pulled out like that. I always kind of enjoy it, except for when it doesn't work and then it gets frustrating. Uh, from Sky Moore to uh, Juju Smith-Schuster to everybody else that Patrick Mahomes throws the football to, uh, Mahomes here asked about getting comfortable with the wide receivers as he has really spread the ball around this year. Yeah, I think I've gotten just – you get more and more comfortable as the season goes on, you get more and more reps. And so um... – um, there's even spots where tight ends will come in. There may be a play call to Travis um, that I'll throw to Jody or throw to throw to Noah because we kind of we have built that confidence in in them that they're going to get open as well. Um, and so we we kind of rotate the receivers in and out. Um, I think it makes us a better team. Um, and so uh, those guys all have confidence that when they get in, they're going to make a play, and I'm going to give them chances too. That's interesting. You know, we we talk a lot about you know Andy Reid and the Chiefs' offense making receivers learn all the other positions and the versatility and all of those things. But when you look at it that way, of hey, is is this play? I think about the one. It was closer to midfield than Jody Fortson usually is out there. I I could not tell you right now if if Travis Kelsey was on the field for the play I'm thinking of or not. But the uh, was it the only. Jody Fortson reception. I've done. I've run through this multiple. I think this might be the third time in the post game show where I have uh, gone back to a Jody Fortson play just because it stuck out in my head. Because uh, I'm a, a proud founding member of the. That, did that one get undone by a penalty? Maybe because Fortson had. Um, no, here we go. Sorry, two catches, twenty six yards, twenty one yard reception. I think it was that one to kind of down the seam a little bit. It's not usually where you see Jody Fortson in this offense. I wonder if that's one of those plays that that was really more like quote unquote designed for one of the other tight ends, likely Kelsey, potentially Gray, and Fortson was just there to to be the guy to make the play because they have faith at this point in his development that he can run a Travis Kelsey route for a, a given play and and be there to earn that trust to get the ball on the other side. Doesn't mean he'll do all the Travis Kelsey things, but uh, that that's just a very interesting way of kind of looking at, at how the Chiefs combination of weapons have, have gelled together this year. Also, the month of November is just flawless for Patrick Mahomes. He was asked about his November winning streak as he capped it off again for another perfect year in the month of November. Yeah, I think our team just our team just gets better and better as the season goes on. You just want to build. Um, you want to be good at the beginning of the year, obviously, but you want to be playing your best football at the end of the year. Um, and so Coach Reed and all our coaches do a great job of just continue to give us more and more and let us be better and better. Um, and it takes games like today. Whenever the offense isn't playing great, the defense has to play great. Um, and so uh, when you have a good team, um, that's when you win games at this time of the year. And you need to be good in November, not as badly as you need to be good in December and then January as well. But uh, it's a good time to be having a good time as a football team when you're starting to put away the division. You are increasing your lead on the one seed in the AFC. 
Would have been nice if the Lions could have could have finished the job on Thanksgiving. But, you know, it was a nice effort uh, to keep the Bills down. Oh, the Bills right now aren't even the biggest threat for the one seed. A, a crazy time in the NFL that gets very calmed down when your quarterback simply doesn't lose. It's Really, your team obviously doesn't lose. But that, that streak is uh, continued with Mahomes, and it's just... Absolutely, completely incredible. Last one here from Patrick Mahomes. He was asked about defense across from him, stepping up today with some turnovers and some big plays to support the team effort in the Chiefs' victory. Yeah, they had a lot of big plays in the game. I think kind of let us handle the game, I guess, a little with a little bit of a room of, for cushion with the offense not playing well. I mean, if you think about the, the drop punt, them getting the, them right out of field goal range immediately with George's sack and then kind of shutting the door there. Um, you think about the inter- after the interception in the red zone, in the end zone, that could be a momentum builder, um, and they get the interception right back. I mean, there, there's a lot of young guys over there, and you can see them maturing as the year goes on. Um, and so um, as those young guys get better and better, to add in with the vets that we have on that side, I think they can be a really good uh, uh, really good side of the ball, and they make this team really good. I mean, yeah, the uh, the young guys are, are getting their experience in real time, and that was always something that I was – kind of ready to, to accept from this defense that it was going to look a lot better in Week 15 than it did in Week 5. And really, at this point in the season, there have not been a ton of growing pains, even as it's been a banged-up group. You know, where Trent McDuffie was, I, I thought he would be the guy that would, from the young corners at least, the guy who would step in and immediately be solid at least. He was hurt through the whole first third of the season or whatever it ended up being. The, the total effort, from this unit this year, I really do think deserves more credit than probably even I have gone out of my way to, to give it credit for. So, a good performance there from the defense today, allowing just 10 points to the Rams. And an imperfect, but still pretty good performance from the offense at times. You want to see them be better in the red zone. You want to see some execution issues get cleaned up in time for Cincinnati. But, 26 points is still pretty good uh, for something you might be able to do tomorrow. Because when Kansas City scores, you score big at your local CBD American Shaman. Their score is your percent off. They scored those 26 points, so you get 26 points all day. Excuse me, 26% off all day tomorrow because of those 26 points. 26% off all day tomorrow on orders of $100 or more at CBD American Shaman. Life is better with the feather. We'll take a quick time out here on the post-game show. We'll come back with Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest next on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Second and seven. The 23, Perkins throws left side, and he's picked off at the 35. It's Legereus Sneed to the 25, down the right sideline of the 10, spinning to the six-yard line. Truly an electric play could be brought to you by no other than Bikamer Electric. From small jobs to big jobs, the Bikamer team knows how to take care of your commercial and residential electric needs. That's Bikamer Electric. It's also always electric whenever we're joined by our dear friend Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Derrick as well. Matt, good to uh, to be back and talking to you once more. Um, as you previously accused me of, my six-month-long vacation has come to a merciful end, and I am back in the chair for post-game. Never more excited than whenever I saw your name pop up on the line. And by your name, I mean Rev, which is how Beards uh, writes you on the phone lines for me, which is as it should be. How you doing, Matt? Um, the, the the fine folks in Liberty will appreciate that you have me yes. down as rest. Yes, so. that is uh, too, honestly at this point too niche of an inside joke to explain. So that's for almost entirely sports listeners of uh, of years gone by. 
Uh, how did uh, how did twenty six to ten suit you? It's a weird game when you get the third string quarterback, no Cooper Cup, and certainly not the team that won the Super Bowl last year. Uh, but a defense that's still pretty good. Uh, a, a weird game it felt like. Remember the last two team times these two teams played? I do, I do. It did not make me feel the same way this game did. <laughs> that was this was the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, for all the feels and everything that you got, I remember actually. I think I wrote a story about how that game was going to change the history of the NFL. Um. This game did not change anything. <laughs> it didn't. It did not. No, I am. We could use a lot of the adjectives to describe this game. I am very generously using the adjective workmanlike to yep. describe this game. Yep, I think that's fair. And I, I think that, uh, tell me if I'm off base on this, but the, the one thing I can think of very easily is if, if Trey Smith is, you know, not floating an extra yard downfield, it doesn't get kind of pulled downfield a little bit uh, intentionally or not, good play by the defender or bad play by Smith, whatever. If that play doesn't get penalized and that touchdown stands, I wonder if the rest of the game has a little bit of a different feel to it. Because um, I think you could probably pretty generously describe it as, at times, underwhelming, I suppose. I don't know. I, I But I bet things feel differently if, if that touchdown stands. Yeah, I, I thought the exact same thing. Because part of me wonders is if that touchdown stands, if we look back on the Chiefs' performance in the red zone a little bit differently, mm-hmm. if their performance the rest of the game in the red zone is a little bit different. Um, it seems like after that play, I, I felt the, the best analogy I could say is that it's a little bit like when I'm playing Madden and I just get into the mood all of a sudden that whatever I do to throw the football, I, I can just be successful with it. Yeah. And it doesn't work. I mean, that kind of felt like it. I mean, the, the, I feel like the play calling was a little bit different. The execution was a little bit different. Everything was just a little bit off after that in the red zone. And, I mean, it wasn't like she's played poorly. The mm-hmm. offense was very efficient. The, the defense was very good. There was nothing really other than a bad Patrick Mahomes interception that he would agree with calling it a bad interception. Yep. Was there really anything else to complain about in this game? I mean, that's it. I mean, and you're right. I mean, I do feel like the tone of the game would have changed a lot if that, if that touchdown did. So uh, let's let's stay on the red zone for a second because then I I think you're right that 80 percent of this game or something is all generally pretty positive, but the red zone thing is what's going to stick to a lot of people, which I understand. It's the one thing you'd you'd like to have gone differently. Um, is this a future long term concern? Are we going to be having a similar conversation after the Bengals game next week, or is this a, a weird one off for some of the execution issues we've already we've already touched on? I mean, if you if you want to be the the glass is half empty kind of a person, you could look at this and say, eh, you know what, this this fits in with the traditional narrative that um, maybe in the red zone and at the goal line, the Chiefs are always too cute and mm-hmm. they just don't have that physical prowess gene in their DNA to just knock some people over and pull into the end zone if they have to. I mean, this hasn't been a consistent problem, so I'm not chalking it up to that. Um, I would have to see it more than just one or two games. I think it would have to be, uh, you know, a little bit of a trend for me to have any concerns about it. And at this point, I mean, it's it's just something that happened against the Rams. It hasn't, to me, been a, a trend yet. Yeah. So let's hold on and see what happens. I think that, you know, hey, there was a probably a lot of reasons to point to this game and say there was there was a lot of factors that could have made the Chiefs' offense just maybe off a tick, as Andrew Reid would like to say. Yeah. I don't expect them to be off a tick next week. Uh, with with that in mind, one place where things have been off a tick much longer than just today have been on the special teams. Um, I want to I want to enjoy the positives of Sky Moore's day today, certainly. So I'm, I'm I don't want to gloss past that. But starting with the muff from him, then, then Justin Watson's out there for the the punt returns from there on out. The fake punt where you got a rookie that 
I don't, I mean, I, I can't imagine Trent McDuffie played a ton of special teams in Washington. Are these growing pains with young guys? Is this is this coaching malpractice? Are you uh, firing any coaches or players? Are you firing anyone into the sun? Are you uh, largely of cooler heads at this point? What, what do you make of the special teams issues, both in the long form and also tonight? I mean, I'm, I'm just remembering that, you know what? Uh, remember a playoff game that the Chiefs won because you know Dan Sorensen sniffed out a, a fake punt and pretty much turned the, the tide of the, the Chiefs' postseason run? You remember when Ben Neiman and Dan Sorensen and Armani Watts and Dorian O'Daniel were on his team for 150 years, yep. and there was this great continuity in, in special teams? And you remember when the defense was really slow yep. and everybody was complaining about that? Yep. Well, guess what? The defense is no longer old and slow. It is young and fast. And guess what? That means that the special teams is completely and totally inexperienced. Yep. Um, it's what you get. And the Chiefs knew that. I mean, they know that. They've been talking about it going back to the draft. <laughs> when they took all these guys, they're like, hey, you know what? We know that we've let some guys go. Um, we're going to be younger. I mean, that was one of the reasons they brought, did bring in some veterans like Deion Bush to just at least give them some veterans that could play some snaps for them. Justin Watson's a guy like that. They were, they just wanted some, you know, experienced depth. Other than that, I mean, Dave Tobin's got almost exclusively one- and two-year guys out there. That would make most special teams coordinators pull their hair out or quit and yep. go someplace <laughs> else. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take this job. I mean, if Dave Tobin wanted to retire going into the season, I wouldn't have blamed you. Um, make this somebody else's problem. Um, I think you just got to live with it. I mean, hey, is this special teams unit not as far along as the Chiefs would like? I think that's true. I, I think they would even, at an unguarded moment, would tell you that. Um, I think we've even gotten that answer in you know a roundabout way from Dave Tobe and, and Andy Reid. Maybe we'll start getting it in a more direct fashion. I mean, and maybe at some point a message will be sent that it's, you know you got to shape up or ship out kind of a thing. And nobody wants that, but. Hey, at this point, I think it's been a lot of loving up the young guys. Mm-hmm. At some point, maybe the, the boot is going to come out. But, hey, the Chiefs knew all along. I mean, if you're surprised by this, you know, I mean, I hate to be you know that guy, but you know, I've been telling you for a while it was going to be this way. Yep. <laughs> so I don't think you should be surprised. And you definitely can't complain about all the youth and mistakes on special teams when you've been complaining about needing youth and speed on defense, and now you haven't. I hope you're proud of me, at least a little bit, because you are not the first person to positively re- invoke the name of Dan Sorensen on this show today. Because I'm not, I, I still, to everything you just said, I would 100 times in a row take young, fast defense and potentially young, fast, inexperienced special teams over old, slow defense and old, slow, inexperienced special teams. But I had the thought, and I had this thought, I swear, in real time. If Dan Sorensen, not I, he wasn't out there covering Gunners all the time. Like, I don't know where what his role specifically would be, but but we'll work with me. If Dan Sorensen's in Trent McDuffie's spot on that fake punt, I just think there's a decent chance he sees something that he saw earlier in the week or that he's seen times before where he goes, uh-oh, hold on. They, they're coming to me. And then that is a Dan Sorensen legendary moment that lives forever, as opposed to your number one corner, number two perhaps. No, Legereus Sneed has earned that. But uh, your, your first first-round draft pick is out there, who again has not played very much special teams over the course of his football life. I don't. I don't think the Chiefs made mistakes in that process. But I, like you said, I just don't. I don't know that you can be surprised by it if you were listening to us talk about how the uh, the final few guys in the fifty-three man roster were going to make the team or not. 
Yeah, and you know, and that's I, I and, I'm, and this is not I'm not meaning this to be a uh, you know Daytope defense fund uh, mm-hmm. start you know contributing to or anything, <laughs> but you know, hey, if you want to complain about you know the punt returns and Sky Moore's back on punt returns, yeah. uh, did Dave Tope build this roster? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> Brett Veach drafted Sky Moore under the premise that they believed that he could be a punt returner, and I'm sure yeah. you know, Dave Tope signed off on it. I have absolutely no doubt about that, but. You know, I mean, this was a chief's decision. This wasn't Dave Tobe exclusively. He's it's don't it's not a picture of Dave Tobe standing in the in the in the locker room saying, "Gosh darn it, this is the punt returner, and you guys all screw yourselves." I'm not right. listening, anybody. Right? No, I mean, this is a collective decision. They felt like this was the way to go, and that's and that they were going to have young, inexperienced kickoff and punt returners. They weren't going to maybe use the money to bring in a veteran or keep somebody. They could do that. They wanted to, you know, get McCole Hardman off of that job. You know, this was a calculated decision by multiple people. It wasn't one guy's choice. Oh, that's, that is a great point. I'll, I'll let you leave it there. Uh, well, we can talk about some more fun things, or including what Sky Moore did offensively immediately after the muff, later on throughout the game, all the weapons that, that Patrick Mahomes spread the ball around to. I know this is a theme and no longer a surprise, but, but Sky Moore led the team in receptions with five, and then it's just a whole bunch in the one, twos, and threes after that. Uh, what did you see from the offense through the air today? Yeah, and that's where I, I want to give Sky Moore a huge compliment because yeah. I think it's really impressive that with the struggles that he's had on special teams and he's got to be hearing the criticism and, you know, there's probably some sideways glances here and there around him. He's been able to compartmentalize that yeah. and not bring the struggles. It would be very easy to, to take the struggles on the special team side and have it translate over to offense and your mind gets distracted and you drop a pass. He has not been doing that. If anything, I mean, I think his offensive game has just been improving week by week. Certainly the stats back that up. And, you know, this from getting hey, six targets and five catches tonight, um, a couple of really good catches too, that's a credit to the rookie that he's able to, to come, you know, separate those things, compartmentalize it, and build his confidence on offense when maybe his confidence isn't there on special teams. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, I think that's something to be excited about. And the fact that, you know, hey, if you if you take his body of work the way that he has performed the last couple of weeks, I think that's something that, hey, if you're a Chiefs fan, this is what you expected from Sky Moore all along. Yeah. And to me, hey, is it kicking in for him maybe a week or two later than I expected? Maybe. Mm-hmm. But I, I think he's turning in exactly the kind of rookie you hoped he, hoped he would be. Yeah, I'm with you uh, across the board on that. Uh, I think Isaiah Pacheco might be the rookie you hoped he'd be plus some. Obviously, Clyde being fully out for this game and and going into the future as well. Ronald Jones active for the first time as a Chief this year. Jarek McKinnon has his role carved out. But uh, it seems to me like number 10 is not giving the number one job back anytime soon. No, I mean it's it's pretty clear he is the the number one starter. Um, it's not a it's not a running back by committee. I mean you're certainly going to see some other guys get touches right now. You know Ronald Jones and and Jerick McKinnon will get their touches. McKinnon has specific roles, the third down guy, and probably a lot of you know really clear passing situations when they need somebody that's going to be in the backfield blocking rather than going out for a pass. Um, probably the screen game still going to be McKinnon's forte, but. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be the guy that's out there probably three-quarters of the time, gets most of the work. Um, when he's on the field, there's probably half, 45 50% chance he's going to be running the football. That's, that's where he is, and that's the guy he is now. What I was probably most impressed with tonight, one would be certainly the Chiefs gave him some red zone opportunities. That's, that's something that we haven't seen a lot of this season, 
and certainly perhaps part of that was just his role. Um, but he got a lot of red zone touches tonight. I would expect that to continue. He got into the end zone again. That's a good sign. But that that 17 yard catch on that angle route was, I mean, that's the best pass rep I've, we've seen from him this year. Yeah. And I've I have felt like that was in his game because he showed it during training camp. But the fact that Chiefs are now willing to go to it and he's able to make that play happen, I think that's a good sign. I just did, oh here uh, did you think skybox view you know press box view looking down to the field when Pacheco came sprinting off the field after being shoved out of bounds and he ultimately went straight to Patrick Mahomes from your angle did you think he was going straight to the guy who shoved him to deliver a blow to a player who had uh, since been uh, out, you know well after the whistle or were you anticipating the sprint back to the huddle that he brought with all the intensity that he brings in a carry. I was, uh, I was. That's exactly what I was expecting because that. I, I the one thing that I thought was a little puzzling because I, what I thought immediately was, you know, when you're a soccer player and you're trying to draw that red card, you know, he, he goes to the ground. I would have spent a little bit more time on the ground right. <laughs> to sell it to make sure, make sure he gets that flag out. Yeah. And maybe he saw the flag. Maybe he heard the whistle. Maybe he knew it. But that's the play where I, I wait to make sure I get the call, and then what, if I'm Isaiah Pacheco, once I see I got it. That's when you pop up and just run off and go to the huddle because that's 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 what I expect from Isaiah Pacheco. Every single time Isaiah Pacheco is on the ground, he spends less time on the ground than I would have. I mean, just unanimously, every single situation. Going to bed at night and getting up in the morning, um, being hit by a three hundred and fifty pound defensive lineman, being shot out of bounds doesn't matter. I'm, a, I'm assuming that every time Isaiah Pacheco goes to the ground or gets you know his arm grabbed and you know by Aaron Donald and he runs out of it. I'm assuming he just, you know, yells, football is life. <laughs> I like that. I like some Danny Rojas vibes he, from Isaiah Pacheco. He has, got, he has got nothing but Danny Rojas vibes to me. Dude, that, okay. That's a good That's a good call. I like that a lot. If you haven't publicized that enough yet, we need to make sure that happens. Because it's the first, first time I've dropped that publicly, so it's, it's all yours. You're welcome. Okay, this is the exclusive intellectual property of Matt Derrick on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. Uh, this is where Isaiah Pacheco, as Danny Rojas, was introduced to Chiefs Kingdom. Now run with it. Run with it, you all maniacs. Just credit Matt. And I mean, ideally, ideally you can credit, you can credit me, you can credit Beards. But really credit Matt with that one, because I... Uh, I like that one a lot. I, I have not spent any time asking you about the aforementioned younger, faster defense. Yeah, it was QB3. Andy Reid said, hey, those aren't the JV Rams. Shortly after, I called them the JV Rams. And in fairness, uh, that is the the offensive side. It kind of is. Defensively, though, still a pretty good unit over there. We, we talked about them enough. Chiefs defense at this point in the season, 10 points. I wouldn't apologize who the quarterback is with a performance like that. What did you uh, What did you see from from the young defense, Chris Jones, Legereus Sneed, Nick Bolton, anyone who stood out to you? I mean, it's 2022, and even if it is a third-string quarterback, they just held an NFL team to yep. less than 100 yards net passing for the second time in four weeks. Yeah, great stat. Love I that. Mean, at a time when it's easier to throw the football in the NFL than any time in its history. Yeah. Yeah, the defense has done that twice in the last four weeks. And, yeah, backup quarterback, sure. But also I thought was really impressive was that even though as good as they were in the first half, which really the only offense that they had in the first half for the most part was just Bryce Perkins scrambling. Yep. Um, in the second half, he didn't scramble. And he tried. He just couldn't get anywhere. I mean, they really did a good job of bottling him up. I mean, you know, certainly there was a little bit of Nick Bolton that looked like spying him to make sure that he didn't escape. Um, but they did a really good job of just containing that. They, hey, the Rams got their yards in other ways because they were a little bit desperate, but they never really sustained anything. I mean, and the Rams' game plan was pretty clear. 
was let's hold on to the ball as long as we possibly can. Let's give the Chiefs as few opportunities as we possibly can and just hope that they don't score. Yeah. I mean, that was their game plan. And they executed it pretty well. It's just that they never could score themselves, which was part of the problem. And, hey, the Chiefs did wander into the end zone a couple of times. So mm-hmm. that kind of screwed their plan. Uh, but, I mean, Rams did what they tried. But, I mean, the, the Chiefs still persevered. And that's why I say, hey, it wasn't great. It was workmanlike. But defensively, you wanted to dominate this team because they don't have any. I mean, they're, they're just depleted. There's nothing there. You should keep them down. And yeah. they kept them down. So, to me, that's exactly what you want your defense to do and what you need them to do. Matt, I appreciate it as always. Give us a tease for what's coming up on ChiefsDigest.com. Uh, talked a little bit to George Karloftis about his first career sack. So, uh, as you can tell, he's probably pretty excited about that. <laughs> and uh, I had a brief conversation with Chris Jones about um, incentives and bonuses and yeah. what 10 sacks means to him. I, I I believe that that story will be more than just a money bag emoji. So I'll I will click through to uh, to find out the answer. But uh, across the defensive line, Matt Derrick on the trenches beat at ChiefsDigest.com. Trenches Digest. I gotta look and see. If, hold on, now I gotta see if yeah, trenches. That's, that's, I should because that should be my, that's my forte. That's, uh, those are my guys. It look. I just went trenchesdigest.com. We're live on radio, so we'll see if anybody acts faster. But it looks like it's open right now. I'm not going to be able to buy it live on air since I'm you know, in the big chair right now. But I'll let you go so you can hop on GoDaddy. I'll get that in Fat Bear Digest as fast as I can. <laughs> I wish you would. Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest and other digests soon to come. Thank you, Matt. Take care, Josh. Take care, everybody. You can also follow him on Twitter at Matt Derrick. Uh, we will take a quick timeout here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show. It's brought to you by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. We'll take our timeout, come back in here. I mean, as long as his jaw didn't have to get wired shut after the um, what I imagine was emergency surgery. We'll hear from Rams head coach Sean McVay, who I think survived that contact uh, and ultimately ended up coaching the losing side of the Chiefs game today. Chiefs 26, Rams 10. We'll hear from McVay, talk a little more about the action on the other side of the break here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Pass is tipped up and picked off by the Chiefs at the 35-yard line. Back-to-back drives. With an interception, Perkins had the ball tipped the line of scrimmage, and it landed in the hands of Nick Bolton, who returns it down to the 22. A great play there by the Chiefs defense, tipped up by Carlos Dunlap, caught by Nick Bolton. Good for our play of the game, brought to you by Central Bank. For more, visit them online at centralbank.net. Glad we had to spend some time on the defense and their successes in this game. Also, still, of course, worth noting that the offense in their own right really did have a good, solid, workmanlike performance until the red zone issues came around. You know, close only counts, etc., etc. But something worth noting there as the offense had a pretty good day with some unsatisfying endings. The Chiefs' offense today, more often than not, their uh, their drives were Game of Thrones. Like... Six really good seasons. Seven. And then not what you wanted to happen at the end. Not the worst thing that's ever happened. I'm throwing you an olive branch here, Beards. I know you'll defend the end of Game of Thrones at least a little bit, right? A little bit. I haven't revisited it in a while. I've still not watched House of the Dragon, much to your chagrin. That's my Game of Thrones reference for the night. Really good for the most part. 
they couldn't quite bring it home. They're trying to subvert the genre, which is why Colin Saunders was on the field in offense, and there were double passes and all of that. I feel okay about that analogy. Uh, but on the other side of the, uh, actually, hold on, actually, Beard, sorry, you got another. I need, I need more directing uh, yes. prowess from you. Yes, you are the who directed Game of Thrones, the two DBs or something. Um, I'm putting you on the spot with something you should know and something that I shouldn't. Benioff really. and Weiss. Well, sure, whatever. You're the you're the visionary behind the uh, the 810 post game show. D and D, basically. You're the you're the D and D of the uh, of the post game show, and you've been perusing the comment section in the places where you can watch the show. By the way, yes, you can watch the Sports Radio 810 WHB post game show live on the 810 Facebook page, Twitch channel, and YouTube channel, as well as straight up on Twitter at Sports Radio 810 at JB Briscoe at Beards McFly to get in touch with us there as well. But tonight from the stream, we're gonna have a commenter of the game brought to you by. Greengrass Cattle Company. Beards, what you got? Uh, from Chaotic Warrior, who's been pretty active in the Twitch chat today. And uh, always. Shout out to Chaotic Warrior. Yeah. Uh, George Karloftis going to the Andy Reid School of Coach Speak. Hype up the opponent. This is, I, I recognize this in real time, and I'm glad Chaotic Warrior also latched onto it because. It was all about how good how good Bryce Perkins was and was and will be, and he's you know he's really dangerous. He can hurt you on the ground and through the air and all of those things. You you talk up you talk up the opponent. You go out and you win the game. It makes you look better. It makes them look better. Everybody's happy. An absolute um, Andy Reid PR coaching masterpiece. That yes, uh, aptly caught by Chaotic Warrior on Twitch. That uh, George Karloftis must have graduated that class with flying colors. That makes it our comment of the game. Brought to you by Greengrass Cattle Company. You can visit their store in Weston, Missouri, off 45 Highway, less than a mile from the ranch, or you can order online at GreengrassCattleCo.com, and they'll deliver right to your door. We got to go out and visit the good folks at Greengrass in West. Weston at the ranch. It was a great time. And they're locally owned and operated right there in Weston. And they just top to bottom treat the uh, the cows as good as anybody. They go to every pull every stop essentially to make sure that they're giving you the best product and the best experience the whole way through. Best practices, uh, best feed, clean water, a low stress environment for the cattle there at the ranch. Produces the best tasting beef in town. I've had it myself, and I can say that with confidence. Great stuff there from the good folks at Greengrass Cattle Co. So now we go back to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, as Creed Humphrey also spoke uh, as Todd Lebo was perusing the locker room following the game. Chiefs offensive line certainly had a battle. Aaron Donald there as well. Uh, here is Creed Humphrey after the game. Yeah. Being able to pull this out at the end. Yeah, you know, they have a great defense. You know, they have talented players all over that defense. So we knew it was going to be a tough matchup. And, uh, and I think uh, we... We, you know, held in, made sure we were doing the right things and just came with the right mentality, and we were able to, you know, get some drives together and keep it going. Yep. Yeah, the Rams have a lot of injuries, a lot of them on offense. They've still had a lot of really good defensive players. What was the challenge like for you guys up front against their line? Yeah, you know, they have an extremely talented front seven, so we knew we were going to have a, a tough matchup uh, today. But we were excited about it, you know. We get to... Anytime you get to play, you know, some of the best players in the league, you know, you get pretty excited about it. So, uh, you know, I think uh, our guys did a good job overall. You know, I think we, uh, you know, here and there we had some misses, miscues, things like that. But I think uh, overall, you know, I thought we had a pretty good game. People talk a lot about Aaron Donald for obvious reasons. Looked like early he flashed a few times and really settled down. What, what worked for you guys more after the first little bit of the game? Yeah, you know, like I was telling him, uh, you know, Aaron Donald, he's one of the best defensive tackles to ever play the game. So, you know, we knew we were going to have our hands full. Uh, you know, I think uh, our, our guys did a good job of settling in, making sure we came back with the right mentality and just keep uh, keep uh, treating it like a fight. And, uh, you know, I think we got good shots on him. 
he made some good plays too. So you know, it was a good game for sure. But uh, you know, he's a, he's a, he's an extremely talented player. But they have talented players across that whole front seven. So it was a tough matchup. Pre before today, you guys were one of the best teams in the red zone. Just did it feel odd that it wasn't successful today? Anything you can sort of pinpoint as to why this day was different than the previous? Yeah, you know, it was a little frustrating. I feel like we could have put in that game away a little bit earlier than what we did. Uh, you know, we just got to be able to put seven up instead of three when we get in the red zone. And uh, we'll go back, watch film, assess that, and see what, see what we can do, uh, make sure we fix that, and come back better next week. How, how weird is it when Pat throws a red zone interception? Yeah, you know, uh, it happens. It's, it's something that doesn't happen much, so it feels weird for sure. But, you know, it's, it's the game of football. We're in the NFL. We're playing against very talented players. So, you know, sometimes things like that are going to happen. It's our job to be able to get back on the sideline, uh, readjust, and get ready to go back out there. Stevens did a heck of a job, you know, getting the pick after that, and we got we got another chance with it. Creed Humphrey also very quickly aced the uh, the post game press conference locker room scrum test uh, that Andy Reid probably, as we just discussed, is uh, very good at doling out. And it all concludes our locker room report, brought to you by Twin Peaks. The Chiefs locker room report is brought to you by Twin Peaks. No one does football like Twin Peaks. Whatever your preference, they have everything from tequila cocktails and an extensive bourbon category to top-shelf spirits and cocktails served over ice balls. Local craft beers and handcrafted whiskey cocktails round out an adventurous drink menu, second to none. And don't forget about their 29-degree man-sized drafts at Twin Peaks. We'll go to the other sideline now, shifting from the red to the blue, as Sean McVay, not in concussion protocol, so far, things seem all right on the McVeigh front. You know, he did his whole presser. I, I believe we got everything in here after taking legitimately what looked like a very unpleasant shot to the jaw from a shoulder pad of a player who was jogging out onto the field. McVeigh got blindsided. It didn't look very fun. I'm sure he got asked about it. As our opposing press conference is brought to you by Metcalf Carstar. Brought to you by Metcalf Carstar. If your vehicle gets sacked on the road, take it to Metcalf Carstar, the collision repair experts. They make it convenient and easy to get back on the road. Go to carstar.com and search Metcalf Carstar. Carstar. Relax. They'll take it from here. Never been more appropriate. Could have been, could have been some body damage there on the Sean McVay sideline collision. Maybe he should go to Metcalf Carstar before they head back to L.A. Here's Sean McVay. Okay, guys. Uh, congratulations to the Chiefs. Um, but, you know, we know there's no more victories, but I'm proud of the way that our guys competed. Um, I thought the defense did an amazing job with some of the red area stops towards the latter part of the game. Continue to just keep competing, keep making them snap it one more time. There were so many good things there. I thought, uh, you know, offensively, there was a lot of good instances of Bryce being able to move the chains with his legs. Um, you know, guys running hard, offensive linemen being able to strain to finish. I thought it was a real positive on some of the fourth down conversions. 2-2 making a good play. Van, obviously, on the touchdown. Um, I thought you saw some bright spot, bright things from, from Cam and from Kyron Williams, but, you know, not quite enough, but things that we can really be able to learn from, but uh, a lot of good, um, you know, kind of stealing some possessions from special teams. I thought they were a bright spot, but um, tough atmosphere to play. You give those guys their credit, but uh, I am proud of the way that those guys came out, competed, snap in and snap out, um, and we're going to try to build on this one. That's good. I took a good shot. You know, uh, Roger ran right into me. Um, I, you know, it was it was a good shot, but I'm okay. As that happened, what were you thinking? I, mean, you're I was thinking up. I have a little awareness running by me. I mean, oh my gosh! But it's one of those deals. It's really not that big a deal. I think it probably looked worse when you end up, you know, replaying it. But it was a good shot at first. You know, I was just glad I didn't. I don't think I broke my jaw, so uh, I'll be fine.
Yeah, it was unfortunate. You know, I, I think, you know, you look at the one off the play action, you know, they ended up doing a good job of kind of being able to sink underneath a deeper curl route from Van Jefferson. Want to be able to just kick that out to the back right there. And, you know, that's a good play by Snead and, and you give those guys the credit. And then, you know, when we're trying to drive and get a little bit of momentum in a two minute situation, um, you get them in a man coverage, they get a tip ball and, and end up making an interception. So those two touch, those two turnovers right there were tough when you're trying to get back in it. Again, the defense did an amazing job being able to get red area stops on some of those sudden changes and so uh, proud there. Bryce did enough things in the first half to be able to keep the chains moving with his legs. A lot of third down conversions where he was kind of just being able to scramble for it. Um, but, you know, just not quite enough, but I am uh, appreciative and grateful for what the guys did today. Well, obviously, you never want to deal with injuries, but when you talk about Bryce Fox, is it important for you to get a look at maybe with some of these guys in your depth or going to do the rest of the season and how they Absolutely. No, that, that is definitely something that you want to be mindful of. And, and really, as a result of just the amount of injuries, it kind of is, uh, you know, it, it's got to occur. You know, you don't really have a choice. And so guys are going to get some opportunities like you've seen each of the last couple of weeks. Um, you're, you're playing more offensive line than probably anybody ever has in the in the history of this game. And, um, you know, you're getting good evaluation. So that's the only way that you can look at it. Yeah, it was something he was having some soreness in his foot and then he ended up, you know, we tried to inject it and, and see if he could push through. And then when he ended up getting a CT scan, it revealed something that is going to prevent him from being available the rest of the year. Yeah, he's going to have to get surgery on that foot. And so it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, we didn't find that out until Friday after practice when he ended up getting that CT scan. And, you know, that's another uh, tough loss for us. Sean, when you, when you have him out, Cooper Cup out, the offensive line, how much of your playbook is yeah, I mean, it's hard to say that you're running anything that resembles anything close to, you know, what your offense, you envisioned it to be able to be. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of challenges just based on, all right, what do guys know? What do we want to try to be able to do with them based on the skill sets? And so um, it's very, very different, very different. Yeah, we, you know, we did a lot of things with the wristband today and, you know, there were certainly some challenges and some different things, you know, just getting used to, you know, when you're coming out of a 25 second play clock and, um, you know, on some of those possession starters or out of a timeout, you know, and those are some things that got to be able to learn from. Don't want to use the amount of timeouts that we felt like we had to utilize uh, because of some of those things that occurred. Yeah, there's a there's a stress fracture, you know, on his navicular bone and his uh, in his foot. I like the way this guy competes there. I thought he did a good job. Um, you know, I think there's always going to be things that we can learn from, but I think, you know, he's got a great spirit. He's got great competitiveness. I thought I saw him do some good things without the ball. Um, and then he did a nice job, you know, when he did get the ball in his hands to be able to create a little bit. He hasn't, you know, but I'm, you know, we, we got enough guys that we need to tend to that are uh, actually, as long as it's not, you know, hurt my ability to, to think and, and be able to talk, we'll be fine. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to be just fine. It was just a good shot and, uh, you know, got to be resilient, right? A couple more, guys. The guys just did a great job. You know, I, I think, you know, there was some just outstanding ability to be able to make them snap it one more time. Relentless pursuit to the football. I thought we were cleaner in our execution on just 
the communication from the front to the back on all three levels of the defense. There's going to be some things that, that we want back, but I think that is something that you can absolutely build on. That was more in alignment with what we expect from those guys against an excellent offense. And, um, you know, it was just kind of one of those things where, I, you know, hats off to the defensive players. The defensive coaches did a great job of just instilling that belief and that ability to just keep snap, making them snap it one more time. And um, like I said, you know, I, I think you can't help but when you flip the tape on or when you're watching that, that's a group that has a lot of pride, you know, and, and delivering snap in and snap out. And for that, uh, all you can just say is, man, um, I'm grateful for those guys. There's a lot of guys that have the right kind of mindset and mentality on that side of the ball and really on this team in general, in spite of the adversity and a lot of the different difficult circumstances that we're working through. Okay. Thanks, guys. There you have it. Rams head coach Sean McVay. Um, also the news that Allen Robinson is going to be out for the rest of the year. He was a scratch coming into this game, but gave you the, the whole play-by-play there of how that all went down. Very strange. And a Rams team that is incredibly banged up, obviously leaving them in a very difficult spot as they prepared for the Chiefs this week. One thing that I think probably could have really improved their moods all the way around is they made a quick trip to Western Missouri before they head back to Los Angeles. They could swing by Greengrass Cattle Company. Brought to you by Greengrass Cattle Company here on the 810 Post Game Show. Visit them in Western Missouri off 45 Highway, less than a mile from the ranch, or order online at greengrasscattleco.com. They'll deliver right to your door. They're locally owned and operated in Weston, right here in Missouri. They implement the best practices with their premium black Angus cattle, providing best feed, clean water, and a low-stress environment to make sure you have the best-tasting beef in town. I've had it, and it is processed the result all excellent at Greengrass. All pretty good for the Chiefs today. The process, I think it went pretty well. The defense, give them the thumbs up. Special teams, talked about all that with Matt Derrick. Some growing pains with the young crew out there trying to make it happen under Dave Tobe. Offensively, well, up until about the 20 or so, things looked great. Travis Kelsey had his incredible touchdown and one of those big yak moments uh, where Kelsey with the ball in his hands is electric. The Chiefs offense, they spread it around. Sky Moore led the team in receptions. Isaiah Pacheco had a nice day on the ground as well. But the red zone, we'll be talking about those issues over the rest of the week right here on your home for the NFL, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Of course, the Border Patrol will have you in the morning. Then we'll talk about it more starting at 10 on the zone. But coming up next, the second half of Packers and Eagles. That game is 27-20 Philly right now. An electric second half coming up here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thanks for hanging out tonight. We'll talk to you again next week and tomorrow starting at 10 on the zone. Till then, bye, Mom.